Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Go ahead, do me a favor, share some people, ping the room, all that other good stuff, because y'all know it's about to get started. We're waking up with the profit. We'll wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. With that being said, let's go ahead and kick it to the next song. All of my life, I've never known you to fail. You remain the same and wonderful as your name. All of my life, I've never known you to fail. You remain the same and wonderful as your name. Good morning, good morning. 
Let me get to my real sound effects. Let me get to my real sound effects. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Hold on. Hold on. Give me one second, though. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Come on, y'all. I like y'all here. Good morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. I don't know if y'all heard somebody tell you they love you already, but let me be the first to tell you. I love you. Good morning. I hope you're having a great day this morning. Good morning, love. How you doing, poo-poo? How you doing, Pookie? Good morning. <laughs> With that being said, let's go ahead and tap into a quick prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for your grace, your mercy, your love, and your peace. God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, God, filling us with the activity of our limbs, God. We thank you, oh God, for making us feel refreshed and revived. We thank you, oh God, just for your glory, your mercy, your peace, your love, your kindness, your gentleness. God, we thank you that no weapon formed against us was able to prosper even on last night as we came closest to death and we slept and we slumbered. God, that you allowed your grace to cover us. God, you allowed your mercy to keep us. So God, we just thank you right now. God, we just praise you right now. God, we just give you glory, honor, and praise right now because you are duly worthy of it. So we thank you for your mercy, your love, and your peace. God, we thank you, oh God, just for doing all that you have there that you need to do, God, in our life. So we thank you, O oh God, that you are continuously leading us and guiding us. God, we thank you, O oh God, for standing up in, in our life, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for standing in the way of the enemy. Father, we ask that you will continuously cover us. Father, even as we come before you, God, asking you of things and showing you of, of a petition of gratitude and appreciation, God, we also want to just repent right now for every sin, transgression, and iniquity. Father, everything that we may have done, everything that we may be doing, God, we ask that you are creating us a clean heart and renewing us the right spirit that we may worship you in spirit and in truth that we may be effective to do all that you have called us to do father if there's any person that we have sinned against any person that we've harmed or offended god we ask that you have Cause them to forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. Cause them to create in themselves a clean heart, God. Create in them a clean heart and renewing them a right spirit that they'll be able to worship in spirit and in truth, God. God, every person, oh God, that we may have a, a fault against, God, we ask that you will cause us to forgive them creating us a clean heart father cause our mind and our heart to come into alignment with your will that we'll be effective that we'll do all that you have called us to do father i ask that you will touch every person in this room and every person under the sound of my voice god allow their life to be positively impacted by the uh by the by the content that they receive in this room by the information and insight that they receive in this room god allow their life to be blessed god allow them to be edified and allow them to be encouraged allow them to be entertained right now in the name of jesus let no weapon formed against and be able to stop them, oh God, but let them be encouraged, oh God, for the next path and the next season of their life. Father, we ask that you'll cause them to scale up. God, cause them to advance, cause them to be expanded right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you now because as we pray, God, we believe by faith that it is happening because we believe that you are not a man that you shall lie, neither are you the son of man that you shall repent. God, we believe that when you speak, God, it is good and everything that you speak shall be so. So we thank you even the more. We thank you right now, God, just for your mercy and your peace. God, we thank you for your love. God, I thank you, oh God, that you're taking us to another level. I thank you, oh God, that you're correcting our language, that you're correcting our mindset, that you're correcting our heart. God, that you're giving us fruits of the spirit, oh God, and not just fruits of the spirit, oh God, but you're giving us fruit in the natural. And we thank you because as we pray, God, we know that it is happening. We thank you, oh God, in this moment because we know that you're a good God. You're a mighty God. You're a wonderful Savior. Father, we repent and we ask that you tabernacle our flesh, tabernacle our soul, tabernacle our spirit. Holy Spirit, rise within us. Holy Ghost, rise within us and activate every gift that may be lying dormant, every gift of faith, every form of healing, every form of um 
every form of miracles, signs, and wonders, we ask that you will show up right now, God, in this room, in this space, and in every place that is connected to me, oh God. Let your presence be known in Jesus' name, and we thank you, because as we pray now, we believe by faith that it is so, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, guys, good morning, good morning. We back. Good. Come on, come on. Y'all know how y'all know how I am. Y'all gotta do some claps or something. Y'all gotta praise God. Y'all gotta learn how to praise him on in season and out of season. I know it's you're tired. I know you don't feel good, but it's okay. You gotta learn how to praise him in season and out of season. With that being said, I'm finna cut to this quick song real quick and then we coming right right back with the scripture of the day. And I know y'all ain't never heard this Marvin Sapp song. So I'm finna go ahead and play it for y'all real quick. Let's go. Let's go, Marvin.
Y'all wasn't ready for that one, y'all. Welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up with each and every, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out, maybe you called off work today. We just still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff. With that being said, it's time for the scripture of the day. Y'all know how I am. It's almost the top of the hour now. I read a little bit late this morning. So let's go and go on and get into it so we can get into checking in right at 9 o'clock. Because y'all know once 9 o'clock hit, we'll probably never hear music again because everybody start popping in, talking, and all that other good stuff, which is not a good thing because I love the healthy dialogue that we have in this room so let's go ahead and get into it scripture of the day comes from philippians chapter number oh philippians chapter number two corrections philippians chapter number two starting at the ninth verse um and i'm reading to the 11th verse is um yeah philippians chapter number two from the ninth verse to the 11th and this is brought to you by the new king james version um yeah just yeah, the new King James. I about that. I'm trying to pull it up still. And this is just gosh, acting funny with me, my computer weird. Anyway, yeah. So Philippians chapter number two, starting at the ninth verse to the eleventh verse. This is brought to you by the New King James Version, um, by BibleGateway.com, and it reads: Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and giving him a name which is above every name. That. Yeah, and giving him a, a name that is above every name, that at that name, yeah, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm going to read it one more time. I'm going to read it one more time. I told you my computer acting funny, so let me read it one more time for y'all. It says, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right, yeah, I'm going to stop right there. Yeah, I know my disclaimer that I give every day. Even though I'm nobody's senior uh, senior prophet or senior pastor or all this other stuff, I'm no theologian or expert or doctor, you know what I'm saying, by degree. I do believe that I am anointed to speak the words of God. And even in this scripture, I, I, I find myself um, wondering about the theology that we teach, because a lot of times we tell people that they're going to go to hell and this and the other. When truth be told, I read scriptures like this, and I just believe by faith that everybody deserves a chance of being saved, even though the Bible lets us know that there's going to come a time that, you know, every
every niche of our, every tongue confess, every person in heaven, every person on earth, every person under the earth. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? That's what makes some people believe the earth is flat when the Bible says stuff like this, everything under the earth. But that means everything in the earth, everything in hell, everything in space, all of that good stuff is going to come to the knowledge and the full um, control and submission of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just something that I believe. Granted, I believe we tell people that they're going to go to hell, this, that, and the other, all the other study. I Listen, I understand. I understand it may be a heaven or hell or out of space or in space. You're going somewhere. But I just believe by faith that at the end of the day, at the end of it all, when the fat lady sings, guess what? We are going to come to a place of unity where we confess that Jesus is Lord over our life as not only believers, but people who are intended, intentional with seeing God. Let me say that right. With people who are intentional with seeing God. Even with the people who's not intentional on seeing God. Like maybe you don't even believe in God. I still believe in showing the compassion and love and gentleness to every person. Why? Because I believe by faith that one day we all going to come to the unity of faith. We're all going to come to the agreement of what God is doing in our life. Does that make sense? Can y'all agree with that? Listen, I might ask some questions about this scripture later on because I tell people all the time I love when they get into these deep rooms and then they be using these scriptures, but then don't be using it right. Don't be understanding. I would just be like, well, how y'all study the Bible? Because I be, man, I be, I be so, man, listen, it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I, I could talk about it, but I ain't going to talk about it right now. I'm going to go ahead and cut to my next song break because we have two minutes to nine o'clock, which means it's time for us to go ahead and check in. And it's time for us to go ahead and get into our news or hot topics right on after that. Listen, I'm trying to get back to my regular scheduled programming. So I woke up this morning on time, but I went back to bed. Listen, I'm going to tell y'all all about it in just a second, but do me a favor, go ahead and share the room, whether it be on clubhouse, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, three, whatever the case may be, do me a favor. Let's be an impact and a blessing to other people by at least sharing the room. That's all we have to do. We don't have to sell it to nobody. We don't got to give it to nobody. But the fact of the matter is of sharing the room allows other people to come into a space where they can feel great energy is all that we need because I feel like that's the blessing that people need in God. When people be like, oh, well, and I had the conversation again, yeah, outside of this room. But when we talk about why people not coming to black, why men not coming to church specifically, and our youth not coming to church and stuff like that, it's 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 incidents like this where it's like, oh well, we don't care enough. You know what I'm saying? We're not trying to reach them. When truth be told, there are people out there trying to reach them. We just have to make sure that we're part of the process and showing that love, showing that reach, being a part of that community. That's why I tell people all the time, I never care about likes because I know my reach. But at the end of the day, when you begin to get behind somebody, everybody else begin to get behind that person. And I think as a community, when we start showing love individually, then we can start showing love as a, as a community. Then we can start showing love corporately. But we got to start acting on the small levels of life. I don't know. Even if it's sharing, just start doing stuff on the small levels of life. And then we can continue to make a national impact, a bigger impact. You know what I'm saying? With that being said, though, let's go ahead and get to this, another song. Ouch. I'm sorry. I was scratching my head. Because, man, I'm telling you, these braids so tight. I'm scared to take this shirt off because my hair hurt. Lord, I'm talking about wash. Listen, so I braid my hair so tight. I'm going to get to my next song real quick. And then we coming right, right back to check in. Okay? <laughs> yeah, pray for me. Let's go. If you're living right 
Oh yeah, we back. I just had to play that real quick, like, like real, real, real quick. Like, good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, all right. Calm down, calm down. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're in your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, so we're working out. Maybe you called off work today. We just want to make sure that you're still starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff. With that being said, it's time for us to check in. Y'all know what time it is. It's the top of the hour, which is 9 o'clock, which means it's time for us to go ahead and check in and get our day started. Whew. With that being said, y'all know how we check in each and every day here on Waking Up With The Prophet. We check in with our three daily questions. What's the weather? What's for breakfast? And how you starting your morning? How you starting your morning? On a scale of one to five, how you feeling? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go ahead and kick it out. Prophet, it's on you. do 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 Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm feeling fantastic. I'm on probably on a 4.5. If not, I'm on a good 5. I ain't going to cap. I'm on a good solid 5 because I don't got nothing to complain about. I don't got nothing to worry about. But God has been good to me. And even when I want to worry and complain, guess what? I don't, I can't complain because guess what? He's still been too good to me. He's been better than me than I've been to myself. So I don't got nothing to complain about. You know what I'm saying? He's been blessing me. Granted, there's some things that I desire in my life. You know what I'm saying? I desire some more clients. I desire some more money. You know what I'm saying? I desire more people in this room but guess what i ain't even gonna complain because i know the grace of god and the goodness of god is still keeping me where i need to be so i'm thankful for him because i'm in his will i don't know about y'all but i'm in his will and i'm thankful for that with that being said that got me on the five today and what's crazy is it got me up on time this morning i don't know about y'all but i was up at four o'clock this morning literally i was like it was like 4 50 maybe five o'clock but yeah i was up like 4 30 maybe 4 50 this morning um, and for some reason, I just could not go to sleep. Like, I just could not go back to sleep. So, of course, I got myself up. I started cleaning up my living room because one thing about me and most people don't know that most of the time, everybody's always coming over my house when they get off work um, to see what I'm cooking, just to hang out, you know what I'm saying, to have some wine and just hang out with me. So, yesterday, of course, most of my people came over here as usual. So, normal part of my normal routine is cleaning up my living room. So, this morning when I got up around about 4 o'clock, I had to walk around my house praying, cleaning up my living room, all that other good stuff and then around about mm, maybe probably an hour after that maybe an hour and a half after that i ended up going back getting my bed laying back down but the great thing is i was able to spend time with god and pray i was able to get some notes down for trailblazer prayer tonight shout out to all the people who are doing that who are coming to trailblazer uh, prayer and let me let me let me shameless plug trailblazer prayer meetings you know what i'm saying that is a class and a course that i developed myself no i ain't use ai no, I didn't use nobody else's books, nobody else's teaching, and anybody who, who's ever been in a course with me, because I have a master class on my website already about mastering multiple streams of income. Anybody who knows anything about my classes know that we get results. We really do get results. So in this trailblazing class, I'm literally teaching you business principles, trailblazing principles, pioneer principles based off of biblical uh, characters, based off of biblical stories and whatnot. And it's really not only blessing my life, but the lives of a lot of people that's connected to my ministry outside of um, outside of this particular clubhouse room and clubhouse space. So I'm kind of excited about that because I was able to get some notes down prepared for that um, for tonight. And then that was about it. I want to lay back down. And y'all know me. Once I lay back down about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, man, I'll be sleeping until about 8.30. That's why I'm kind of late on here. 
because then Google goes off and got that on eight o'clock turning on all the lights. And if I don't get out in the shower when Google turn on all the lights, then I'll be grumpy, so I have to get up and get in the shower. So that's what I did this morning. And it caused me to be a little late, but I'm still on time. I believe God still works. So, hey, it is what it is. As far as breakfast this morning, man, there is no breakfast this morning. I ended up making lasagna last night. So I end up believe I'm a <laughs> I believe I'm gonna end up eating that for breakfast. Go down there and heat some of that lasagna up, and I'm gonna make that my breakfast for today. I kind of got a productive day today. Um, because normally on Thursdays, I prepare for my weekends, which is normally full of events and stuff. So this, uh, so today I got to like go to the warehouse. Um, I have to go ahead and do some event preps, like some kits and stuff. I have to make sure that I'm fully staffed this weekend. Just all, just simple stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Um, as far as the weather though, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's about it for my day and my breakfast. But as far as the weather, let me see. Cause it's supposed to be raining this weekend, but they said it was going to rain all week and it still ain't rained yet. Um, it's 77 degrees right now with a high of 93. Um, it has been feeling hot lately. I ain't gonna cap. It was hot lately. Um, but other than that, I ain't been bothered by it. Um, I ended up going outside yesterday with my friends because they had off days. Um, I got two homeboys that I really, really hang out with, um, outside of like two of my staff members. But like, um, we hung out yesterday and we actually went to Golden Corral. I don't know about y'all, but I went to Golden Corral and I ain't been to Golden Corral in years. Man, I went to Golden Corral and picked out, and it was really fun. It'll bless you when you let it. Man, Carlos, when I tell you, it blessed me. It blessed me. I ain't had Golden Corral in so long. So we actually took a lunch dinner. I mean, not a lunch dinner, a lunch day type of thing, and went to Golden Corral, and that literally blessed my life yesterday. But today is Thursday, so I'm going to try to finish up some work that I got to do. And then I'm probably going to, you know, be out of here later on this evening. But, yeah, for right now, that's my day. That's my weather. That's my breakfast. That's how I'm starting my morning. Do me a favor. Go ahead and pull to refresh. See where you guys are on the stage. If you haven't already, go ahead and share the room on Clubhouse. Share it on your Facebook. Share it on Thread, Twitter, Instagram, Bebo, Tumblr, whatever social media you use. Go ahead and share the room because not only are you sharing this room and sharing the conversation that we're having, but you're sharing, the, platform, sharing the positive energy that we have in this space. With that being said, pull to refresh see we got uh, on the stage and we're gonna go in that order starting with mama lynn oh hello you, you want to say something i said tumblr my lord hey people still using it apparently apparently tumblr even trying to revise themselves to where they can attract new users and new customers because you know at one point they start, they took all that porn stuff off of us so they can you know keep their customers but then they actually ruined they i guess they site or whatever so now they're trying to revamp it to where you know they get new users just like all the other social media so hey if you use tumblr go forward <laughs> but no pull the refresh to you guys are on the stage and we're going to go in that order started with mama lynn mama lynn it's on you do 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 Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is finding you. Um, it is 77 degrees here with a high of 86, and we supposed to get rain. Lord, we need the rain just to cool it off. Thank you. Uh, breakfast is coffee, but I did get me a breakfast sandwich, so... While y'all talking, I'm gonna eat my breakfast sandwich. I am on a five. Um, I am so thankful for today. Uh, I am getting excited because at the end of this month, I'm gonna take a road trip to North Providence, Rhode Island. 
because you're going to drive. And it's going to be 14 hours. So uh, I am excited. Yes. And that's about it, Prophet. I hope I didn't forget anything. And oh, hmm. You're going to, you, when the Lord bless you with your wife, who's going to be the perfect mate for you, y'all going to have a clean cooking house. I think you're talking on mute. <laughs> I was over here laughing at you because I was going to say thank you. I appreciate it. And listen, that's one of the things that my mama had to perfect in me first. She was like, listen, if you're going to, even though you know what I'm saying, you're a man and you want your real wife and all that other stuff, you got to learn how to cook and clean for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I, I listen, I've been living on my own since I was 17. So what, about 13, 14 years, something like that. So yeah, I had to learn how to cook and clean. And then, like I said, from just being raised around older people, Mama Lynn, you know what I'm saying? That's just my natural habit. Like, I'm one of those type of people. I wake up and open my blinds every morning. Like, I'm that old. Like, <laughs> I wake up and open my blinds. I have to. I did it. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, I promise. I, I, I got a spirit of somebody who's like 70 song. Just wake up, walk around the house, start praying. God, I, you know what I'm saying? Open up my blinds, walk out on the porch, look at the. Look, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm one of them old. You ever say somebody old and retired who don't got nothing but to, but to sit at home and pray? That's how I be feeling. I believe that's why Micah like that. And my daughter, because when they were babies, I would get up in the morning and open the blinds and look outside and give them the weather report. Yep. And pray over them. And uh, they can cook and clean too. I wasn't having it no other way. Back. <laughs> I definitely understand. See, and that's what gave me my spirit of, you know, like watching the news, making sure I'm paying attention to the weather. You know what I'm saying? Because my mom was always working, but I spent so much time with my grandparents that that's the type of stuff that they instilled in me. So, yeah. <laughs> Trey, I'm throwing it over to you, sir. Good morning. How you doing this morning? Go ahead and check in with us. Praise the Lord, everybody. I am so excited on this morning. And man, to know that my soul is right with the Lord. I'm saved, and I'm glad to be saved. Amen. Um, I do not know what the temperature is. You know, I'd just be waking up, but it is a lovely 69 degrees where I am. Praise our God. I do think that the high is somewhere in the 90s. It's Georgia, right? What to expect? Um, on a scale from one to five, give me about a three. Amen. I'll get a little better as we go along in the day. Um, and yeah, ain't no breakfast because that requires me to work. I actually ate breakfast last night. So yeah, that's good enough for me. And, um, thank you, Prophet. No problem. No problem. I appreciate you. <laughs> Trey. Yes. Hello. Mama Lynn, you said, oh, no, that was you. Uh, I was going to ask you a question. Just, y'all know, I always ask my little morning questions to start kicking it off. But okay. Actual question. How do you define loyalty and friendships? How do I define loyalty and friendships? Yeah. Um, to me, lo loyalty um, would be defined by trust. You know what I'm saying? If I can trust you, you know, if, if I'm able to have a conversation with you and that conversation is able not to go anywhere, 
Um, I believe that has a big part of loyalty. Um, I believe that support has a big thing to do with loyalty. So, you know, if, if you show me that you support me, if you show that you, um, that you are honest and that you are trustworthy, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think those are two really big things for me that will, that I'll consider you as a loyal friend. So, you know, loyal for me, I know that we're all adults, which means that you may can't always be present for everything, but at least I can always talk to you. And I know that it doesn't go anywhere. And I know that I can have real and genuine support um, whenever I do something, you know, um, and those are two things that I think for me would consider a friend to be loyal to me. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, do you consider somebody loyal if they're friends with somebody that you're not friends with? That's a little bit twofold. Because at the end of the day, we are all adults. And everybody that I I cannot tell a grown person who they can or cannot be cool with because I never un I never know why that person may have a connection. Now, if you're supposed to be my friend and you are connected to someone, friends with someone who is trying to sabotage me or purposely trying to bring me down, you know, you know what I'm saying? That someone that really has it out for me, I might I don't I don't see us being friends and I and, and I've I've had to cut people off recently for that because I'm just like if you're my friend I'm not going to be connected to somebody who's just trying to bring you down or trying to you know trying to hurt or harm you you know cuz but that doesn't mean that just because I don't like somebody that you cannot be connected to them I don't have that type of control over you but I think it just depends on the on the situation now, let me flip it one more time, and I'm going to throw it over to Ebony, because I'm going to okay. ask you the same question. What about loyalty when it comes to, like, a church or ministry? Um, You're, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific in that question. What do you mean by that? Okay, well, how would you define loyalty when it comes to ministry? And would you... Um, let me let me simplify with just that first. How would you okay. define loyalty towards ministry? Is it the same okay. thing as friendships? Okay, so when, when you say ministry, I, I, I think ministry and church are different. So are you talking about my personal ministry or are you, or are you talking about what I do in church? Because I think those are two totally different things. Mm, okay, what do you do in church as a whole? Like, how, you know what I'm saying? Define loyalty to your church. Okay, okay. Me being loyal to my church, to, to me, that looks like um, I'm faithful. I'm not missing my church to to for weird, odd reasons to say, well, I'm just not going, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, now it's different. Now it's different. Of course, if I'm a traveling preacher or I'm itinerant, that's all different. So uh, the, I'm not, I'm, so if you have an agreement with your pastor to travel, that is something different, but me being faithful and loyal to my church means I'm paying tithe 
to my church. I still believe in tithe. I don't care what y'all niggas say. I'm gonna pay it. And God, and God continues to bless me for it. And I don't want to hear nothing else about it. I'm gonna, pay, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay my offering to my church. I'm not taking my money and putting it into another ministry before mm. I pay my tithe and my offering to the church that I'm being fed at. Um. Um, I, I'm not going other places getting fed without coming to my church and being fed. Um, uh, if, you know, I don't, I don't come to every extra, extra program or everything that we do that's not church. I don't go to everything, but I go to what I can. You know what I'm saying? I'm inviting people to my church. I'm supporting the vision of my leader any way that I can. So those things, um, I do, you know, whatever, if my pastor asks me, I try my best to do what he asked me to do, to take a load off of him. So it, so to me, all of those things for me make me loyal and supportive of the vision that he has um, to do. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. Okay. And I'm going to push a little further when I um, throw it over to Ebony as well. Okay. I was kind of getting to, kind of getting to the gist of what I was uh, thinking as well. I, like this conversation sparked out of like literally nowhere because I just think that our loyalty when it comes to ministry is different. And but it goes to how we consider loyalty, period. I seen somebody arguing on Facebook <laughs> because they felt like their friend wasn't loyal to them. I'm like, okay, well, you do the same thing to everybody else. So I think we have standards within loyalty that sometimes can be um almost like an unspoken expectation for a lot of people. But yeah. Uh Ebony, good morning. Go ahead and check in for us. How you feeling this morning? What's the weather? What's for breakfast? And how you starting your day? Do-do-do-do. Good morning, y'all. Um, Sorry, y'all. Feeding the baby and listening at the same time. It is 82. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wait a minute. It's 82. We are going to get up to 96. We will not come out of the 90s for the next week. So, uh, Maryland is ablaze and the air quality is trash. Um, As I told y'all yesterday, told told my baby summer school um, teachers they want to keep her inside. The air quality is trash. Um, breakfast? I'm not sure if I'm going to eat it, to be honest. Um, I've poured some iced coffee and some Pepsi. Um, so that's what I'm currently drinking. We'll, we'll, we'll see if food comes after that. Sorry, y'all. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes after that. I'm currently, um, I'm silly, uh, because of how I feel physically. Um, mentally, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, physically, I just don't feel my greatest. Um, and I'm sure that will change uh, as the day progresses. So, that's what's going on over here. You wanted me to answer the same question as Trey? Profit. Okay. Yes, you check. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can. I'm sorry, I was a little static and I was talking on mute. But um, yeah, I definitely want to see if someone answer the same question um, of how can you identify um, someone who's loyal or what is loyalty to you when it comes to whether it be a relationship, whether it be a ministry. Because I think sometimes in, in my generation or our culture, it, it, uh, yeah, in our culture itself, we can sometimes confuse loyalty 
um, with just stupidity, in my opinion. Um, so I want to know what does loyalty look like to you, whether it be a ministry, whether it be um, a friend, whether it be a relationship, like what is loyalty? Okay, I'll do the friend first. Uh, loyalty and friendship to me looks like me being able to trust you in a room where my name is brought up and I would never have to defend myself because you've done mm. that. You're not just coming back and telling me uh, what was said, but you are defending me. Even if I am dead wrong, you will defend or put, at least protect me publicly and then you can shoot me out privately um, if, if I am wrong. That looks like loyalty to me. Loyalty means um, that you are there when I need you. There are times where you may not be able to physically come um, and something may happen where you can't necessarily answer the phone when I need you. But at the moment that you know that something is up, I can trust at minimum your prayers uh, to go up. I don't want you to just think about me. Um, you should be praying for me. Loyalty means that you support my dreams. Um, loyalty means I can trust you with my family, which is my prized possession. Um, I can trust you you know, with, with any vision that I may have that you support it. Um, you don't necessarily have to help or aid in it, but at minimum, you support it. Um, loyalty to me looks like even when we fall out, that everything I've ever shared with you never leaves your lips. That's loyalty. There are so would you do, that they, I'm sorry to cut you off, Ebony. Would you define loyalty and faithful? Uh, being faithful to someone as the same thing, then? Hmm. I don't know. We use the word faithful. That's more That's more intimate relationship. Okay, okay. I don't know if I would use that for friendship, per se. Um, but it, like in an in a, in a actual romantic relationship, absolutely, you know, loyalty is, is faithful. Um, but I was saying that even when we fall out, you know, if we should we part ways because you are a loyal person, you will never repeat what I have told you. You will never dog me out or release my secrets into the street. I have whole file cabinets on people that I no longer talk to, and I've never repeated what yeah. has happened because oh, loyalty here. is not to you, loyalty is my character. I am a loyal person. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm Ebony. Be loyal to what. I uh, said I would do. I said that I would protect you. I said that I would hold the secret and that I wouldn't repeat it. And so that's not going to change just because we fell out. Mm. That's not going to change because we fell out. And I think that's where a lot of our generation gets, I don't want to, uh, you got me saying our generation. Uh, that's where a lot of um, people today, uh, no matter the age, get it kind of twisted. Um, we fall out and all of a sudden I'm telling all Right, I'm no longer loyal to you. Right. If I'm a loyal person, I'm going to be loyal to hold on to what I said I would do. Even if we fall out and I told you I was going, I don't know, tutor your baby. I'm still going to show up and tutor your baby unless you tell me don't show up. Because I'm loyal to my word. And my word is that I would do X, Y, and Z. So, I think that's where people get that jacked up. Now, when it comes to ministry, this can get tricky. Um, let me tell you what loyalty is not first. Loyalty and even being faithful to a ministry is not slavery. Let's get that said. It is not slavery. 
It is not that I am going to neglect my family, my friends, my, you know, things that are important to me uh, to be here if it is not, you know, an urgent matter or something that I dedicated myself to. Um, I learned the hard way what loyalty and faithfulness is in ministry. I was told that because I didn't uh, neglect my husband and my plans with my husband to do something for my pastor that I wasn't faithful to ministry. That's right. That's what I was told by one pastor. Um, and it took a lot of unlearning. Um, pastor is not the first say or final say in my life. My husband, after God, is the first say in my life. That is who I am first faithful to. And so he's the priest of my home. Um, so being faithful to ministry, uh, what it is, um, is much like Trey said, it is my attendance, it is my resource, uh, it is giving my treasure, it is helping to further the vision in the ways that I am capable and the ways that I am not, I am willing to learn. Um, you know, just to make sure that I, I am furthering this ministry, I am available um, to do what needs to be done when I when I am asked and even when I am not. Uh, if I see trash on the ground, I'm not going to go get a janitor. I'm going to go pick it up. Um, if I see a mess, I'm going to clean it up uh, because I am loyal and I'm faithful to this vision and to this ministry. It does not mean that uh, your feelings towards the pastor dictates your attendance uh, or your loyalty or whatever. There are times where you may not care for something that your pastor has said or done, but it should not uh, affect you showing up to push this vision. The vision is bigger than your pastor. It's bigger than who you don't like at church. It's bigger than the position you didn't get. It's bigger than that. And so the dedication is not to the building. The dedication is to the vision. God gave the vision. He just put it in the hands of a man. So that's the best way I can explain it. That's good. I really like that, Ebony. I yeah, I know I be over here taking mental notes, physical notes. I like that because you put that in a way that loyalty is a character thing. Like that is that is so good. I've never heard anybody say it like that because a lot of people think that oh, I have to be loyal to something. No, you have to be loyal to yourself as a as a as a as a character, as a person. You know what I'm saying? Because that that shows who you are, and I think that is so so good. All right, I'm gonna throw it over. Carlos, though. Carlos, I'm throwing it to you. Did it loop? Okay, Nick. Dooga dooga doo. Good morning. Good morning. G O O D M O R N I N G. Good morning. Um, it is um, hot already. Um, yeah, and it's supposed to do thunderstorms later. <sighs> That's all I gotta say. I don't like to eat, but um, I've had my oatmeal. I just finished my um, site visit this morning for one of our freedom schools, did a read aloud. Um, so that really gave me some good energy for today. Um, what else was we talking about? I mean, that was it. I, I was just gonna follow up with the same question. That I was asking Ebony, but I was just gonna kind of spin it a little different for you, uh, for you, because I want you to actually tell us if you can. Why do people automatically feel like if you're loyal to them, you're obligated? Like, can you can you express the difference between um, I'm loyal, I'm loyal as a person, kind of like Ebony was saying, but that doesn't mean I always have to show up. That doesn't mean you know what I'm saying, like. 
why do people oftentimes feel like, you know, they got to pull these obligations from a person if they're loyal? I'll answer this very succinctly. Loyalty, obligation, expectations are all subjective to each person and can change depending upon the individual relationships between people. And that's all I got to say to that. Like, and what loyalty looks like between two people can shift and it can change, right? Um, as people shift and people change. The issue comes when people weaponize what they define as loyalty. Um, and that's where it becomes an issue. Um, as Ebony said, um, if you don't do what I want you to do in the moment, then I use loyalty as a weapon to harm you, to hurt you. Um, thirdly, um, no, secondly, I don't know if it's secondly or thirdly, but um, I would think that loyalty shouldn't be shared between too many people mm. because then you're trying to negotiate what loyalty looks like between you and this person and you and this person and you and this person. Yeah. You have too many entanglements with commitments. Mm. And so, you, so you find yourself pouring out your expectations. I sound like Prophet Jerry. Um, you find yourself pouring out your expectations. Um, and then you get confused because you don't know. You're not, you can't be consistent with what your expectations are. Mm. Um, because what works here may not work there. So number one, I keep my circle tight. I fool with a lot of people, but my circle is extremely, 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 extremely tight. Essence will tell you my circle has been the same basically for years. And this is why. Um, I don't fool with people that don't have more to lose than I do. Mm. Or just as much yeah, to lose yeah. as I do. Uh, you may think I fool with you, but I really don't. And so uh, my circle is very tight. That way, we don't have to guess our loyalty. But guess what? Our loyalty is to each other. Yeah. So, because we're in community with one another. Uh, that's why it's easy for me to block people, for me to just cut folks off. For some folks, cuss you out and then go on about my day. And then you still keep my name in your mouth. Um, because I really didn't fool with you anyway. But you thought you did. But that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> but then that would... Well, well, then, when you consider yourself a loyal person, then, well, yeah, you just went loyal to them, huh? I'd, but I didn't make a vow to be loyal to them. See, that, see that's the problem. We, we jump into commitments with people too soon. Mm. Number one, if I don't know who you really are, then I have no reason to provide any loyalty to you. Loyalty to you, because you probably don't really know who I am. But then you get mad when I have to let you know who I really am. But I'll go on mute. That's good. That's good. Mm. So that's one thing that I think people have to learn or should, should we should be taught. <laughs> because even Jesus, of course, had a certain standard on his friendship level and how they committed. And I never thought about that word until now. Um, like your level of commitment. 
But even Jesus sat down with fools and ignorant folk. True. And then he disrupted their thinking and they got mad and pissed off. But then he went on about his way and kept doing what he was called to do. And I think that that's important too. Just because I sit down with you or I have fun with you, your ignorant self, doesn't mean that I'm always committed to being in a relationship with you. I came to do what I was called to do in that space. And it's okay. That's I, good. That's it's, good. It's okay to say that this, what we had, is over. Moving on, carrying on, it's all right. But if you keep bringing me up, then that means that you desired more than I did. Mm. And I'm not obligated to that. I'm loyal no, I'm, to you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not right. I'm not obligated right. to my energy to give you my resources. And you can stay stuck where you are yeah, and, enjoy, yeah. and enjoy your your whatever you are in whatever place you are. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's crazy. So one more thing, Carlos. Can you speak to... And I think it's kind of crazy, but can you, and it, it's going to kind of flow into our topic, but can you speak to the detriment of, like you said, the weaponizing of loyalty? Because I think a lot of churches have weaponized loyalty to where the minute somebody lead a church, the minute something happened, you no longer loyal to this church. And then they preach it in a way that now it affects your prosperity. You're going to start going through. So let me, let me stop there. That's not churches. That's people. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. That's people. <laughs> and I'll leave it right there. <laughs> no, don't just leave it right there. <laughs> That's what I said. You got to answer that question. You got to break that down because you're right about it. It's not just churches, but what about the people that do that? <laughs> what about them? I mean, is there a way to navigate those relationships? No. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so just no, bye. You just not connected with them. All right, okay. That mean that makes sense. But I think it's it's still funny because there is like a natural. Mm, I think I normally naturally see it in church more so. In but real you, life. you know, you know who I see that from, and I'm gonna be quite frank. People that call themselves so deep and say facts. That's but, what but, I'm but, saying. But don't, but don't have discernment for when you shouldn't be in relationship with certain fools. Like, that's crazy to me, right? It, which also lets me know you probably really don't have the gift that you say that you have. Mm, that's good. That's you know, good. Carlos, who I've seen that from, that, you know, you leave here, you're not, you know, you're not a part of us, you leave the church, you ain't this, you was never with us. I'm going to be honest, from my experience, I have seen that from uh, mainly people who are single or if they married, they're unhappy, they don't have kids, so they make everybody in the church their kids. Because when you have a life and when you have family, you understand teeth and tongue may fall out, but they stick together. Oh. Your teeth and your tongue are connected forever. You might you might have issues, but that doesn't mean that you're no longer a valued person or you're somehow cursed because you're no longer in my church or in right. So that's, that's who I've seen. That. I've had a, a whole curse spoken over me and my family. Me too. We never have kids. Because we left this ministry. Here we are, number two, concentrating number three. And here they are still in their storefront with the same 15 people. Adding more honorary degrees. So who won? Who who who, who made it through? What what curse? What, you're still doing fish dinners to meet your mortgage. Who who where, where'd the curse go? I say it right. before I Because you can't demonize somebody just for leaving your church, your space. Said to go. Not there were no issues. There was no issue of falling out. God said, "Here's where you go. Here's what you do." But every time 
me or my husband hit an accomplishment. We have a baby. Husband releases a record. It's, oh, my son and daughter. I'm so proud of you. You cursed your son and daughter. (laughs) Don't comment on my baby picture. You said that these babies would never be here. You said I'd be barren forever. Don't comment on these babies' pictures. That's crazy. crazy. You mean tell me people, folks out here are still thinking they own people? They're not, that they still think that they do. People that go to their church belong to them. They absolutely do. I have a friend that's going through that right now. Sis, you know, I had to laugh because they asked her license back. They asked for her license back. I told my said, give them that piece of paper. If they want to give it to them. But your license is already registered in the state, so it don't make a difference. Give it to them. That's a good topic, they Mama. Because they leaving. Well, to be honest, Mama, I was gonna say, hold on, that's a good topic, Ebony. I see what you can address for a second. Hold on, let her finish off because I was writing that down. I was just writing that down because I heard what she said too. (laughs) Keep going, Mama Lynn. I'm gonna let you finish. Then I want to ask that question. Like Ebony was thinking of, you know, how you gonna ordain somebody, an elder? And they done been with you and been faithful with you. And then it's, you know, things going awry in the church and you done prayed and asked the Lord what to do. And now the Lord is moving you somewhere else. And uh, you putting stuff up on Facebook and threatening them and everything else. And. This person still ain't said nothing bad about you. They still love you, still praying for you, but you want your life. You, you demeaning their character, and you want the license back. That's what I'm giving back. I, 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 I said, don't argue. Just, just go ahead, give back. Don't worry about it. You know, but they're hurt. They're hurt. You know, hey, if you want to leave me, bye. It's the reason I don't understand it, but bye, Felicia. Okay, so Mama and I was going to say this. Licenses are, um, it is basically the leader of that reformation saying that I endorse you and I also ensure you as said office in my reformation. When you leave a reformation, that piece of paper is null and void. Doesn't mean you're not an elder. It just means you're not an elder in this organization. So you can't go out of my from me. Yeah, you can't go out from me and go pray for somebody in the name of my church, and then we get sued, and now I'm liable because you didn't show the license and got my reformation. So it's kind of like an insurance policy. You know what I mean? When you're no longer with God Code. You you know you're not gonna give the cops your God Code card because you're no longer under God Code. You have a you have a new insurance covering, or you don't have one at all, and and then you're operating illegally at that point. Um, but nonetheless, they're absolutely right for taking their license back. It is a painful reality, um, but that that's how that goes. That license is is connected to that ministry. Now the other the other stuff is is bogus. That's spiteful. We, we know that. We've seen that. That's just spiteful. Um, and they may be taking the license back from from a spiteful place. However, that license is null and void. 
when she leaves that ministry. Even if you don't, you are sat down or your leader says that you are no longer worthy to serve. They can revoke that license as well. Because again, they are your covering. They are the ones basically covering you, ensuring you. If you go out here and, and mess it up, go out here and discriminate and don't want to pray for people, whatever, and are sued, that ministry, that reformation can be sued. So it's a little bigger than feelings, but I, I completely understand what you're saying. Well, the, the, so glad I'm Baptist. At the new church she's going to, uh, they're going to uh, license her there. So I told her, I said, it's still a win-win. It's still a win-win. Uh, we just going to keep the pushing. I don't understand this Kojic and all of this other stuff <laughs> you're learning. Because <laughs> it's, you know, I'm like a bobblehead right now. You know, I'm just trying to stay afloat. But, uh, you know, uh, I love her and I pray for her. And I, I'm sorry she hurting like this. You know, it is crazy. He is a people. We can hurt some people and don't even care. And then when we start seeing them doing good, we've got something to say. Just be quiet. Go away. Leave me alone. <laughs> Max. <laughs> I think it's crazy though, and we're gonna we finna get to it in just a second. I just think it's crazy how people equate certain things to prosperity or relationship with God. But we finna get to it in just a second because my loyalty as a person, um, yeah, my loyalty as a person should not. Well, maybe it would, but my loyalty, I think, to a church um, or to a person doesn't always dictate my love of prosperity and my relationship with God. And I think oftentimes in the church, we see that equated too often to where your level of loyalty here determines your level of prosperity with God. And I think that is so stupid. That is so fault, foolish. And that's false. But let's finish this check-in real quick so we can get to it. But, oh, oh I'm going to shut up. Hold on, hold on. What, what happened? Come on now, because I'm trying to push. But what's the difference in that and and telling people that their prosperity is tied into how much seed they sow into the profit. Okay, I'm gonna go on mute. That's why I'm glad I'm Baptist because when. Baptists don't take them licenses back, Carlos, because they do. Not, 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 not the national bodies. Now these folks that that think that they apostles in the Baptist church do. And I'm gonna go on mute on that too because I'm still confused. I'm like, that's not our policy. Like we don't have Episcopal structure. Y'all just up here making up stuff, but y'all want to stay Baptist because y'all can't change the name of that church. But then one of I let you preach. So I'm I'm going on mute. <laughs> Carlos, you hear that dude? You hear that um, Baptist preacher go off on people about being Pentecostal on um, social? Because it don't go together. You up here talking about you a Baptist church and talking about oneness. That shut up. <laughs> he said, you know, we're not oneness. You're a oneness cult. Get out my turn. She was snapping. Oh, God. I mean, JY, go ahead and check in. <laughs> All right. Good morning, y'all. Man, it is uh, Lord Jesus. What's the temperature? I thought y'all had been done by that. Uh, it's 83 degrees here in uh, uh, Austin, Texas area. We're going to have a high of 104. Uh, yeah, it gets stupid hot over here. Uh, disrespectfully hot is what I tell them. Um, 
no breakfast yet on my way checking my daughter to an appointment uh, but yeah people out here tripping I hear uh, um, I did not my wife and I did not get our licenses or whatever revoked we also got licensed through the state as well um, but we did we we have went through some type of uh, acrimonious uh, transition from one part of our leadership not both parts but uh, uh, which kind of caused my you know a, a different it really more on my wife not me um, and I think you all may have heard that before or whatever but uh, you know God is moving in other directions and uh, I got a red bar but uh, so yeah man I'm excited to hear about this conversation uh, you know so if you want this, get out. All right, play it. All right, play it. You on me? You on mute, homie? Oh, okay. Thank you, Pastor Pat. Jay, what's wrong with being um, Pentecostal and Baptist at the same time? I always heard it was something called being Baptist. I know some Baptist. I, 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 I grew up Baptist. Um, but we, but we baptize. The thing is, this we still baptize in Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and that's the difference. Like Pentecostal, believe that you know you do everything in Jesus' name, when even when they baptize. Baptize because I remember I went to some. I went to some. What you say? I said, I said Pentecostals don't believe that. Apostolics believe that because I'm Pentecostal and we baptize in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I went to a well in Cincinnati. The Pentecostal Apostolics kind of went in between. Uh, went went together. Yeah, so are you you talking about PAWs? Yeah, PAW. That's it. Yeah, PAW. Are you because you're not PAW? Apostolic. Uh, yeah, P yeah, PAWs well, and coaches don't get along. <laughs> PAW is the who the people that, that, don't that get was along. We, that was a split. We we do we get along we today. Yeah, back then, uh uh. Oh, that's why they split back in the day. Okay. I never knew that. Well, I know I know Kojic and the Assemblies of God is what split. No, um, the Apostolic and the Kojic used to be together um, after Azusa, then we split. Uh, gotcha. Well, yeah, I, I was, uh, I thought I had got, uh, left my church in uh, Tristone, which was a Baptocostal church, which was more like full gospel, really. Um, I had met some people and they told me I wasn't saved because I didn't get baptized in Jesus name and they stood, stood 10 toes down and I joined this apostolic church and I had the Holy Spirit on talking tongues and this that, and the other and this dude was like you know um, Peter said this and the revelation didn't happen because of that and this that and the other so you got to go down in Jesus name and I'm kind of grateful that I did because it gave me one of my greatest comedy jokes about my baptismal experience. Uh, but yeah, I went in that water again and um, in, quote, in Jesus name, you know, but um, my wife and I spoke about how we're going to baptize and, you know, I, I, I'm okay with going with the, with the red letter say. Uh, but I typically always did Father, Son, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, just to kind of make people don't feel super, super weird. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. I think Father, Son, there, Jesus. Father, and, Son, Jesus, the same person. No, oh, no. Oh, um, 
And Jay, while we don't go down the name of the Holy Spirit, we go down the name of the Holy Ghost. You so sorry. <laughs> Y'all come up uh, all quick and stuff when you got the water yeah. too. Uh, yeah, we don't do the Holy Spirit. That's nice. We do the Holy Ghost. <laughs> splash at that moment. I'm gonna do that too. I'm like, the Holy Splash. I'm gonna do that way too, man. That's cool. right. You got to come up speaking in tongues. Now we don't teach that, but a lot of people do. Oh Lord Jesus! Anyway, right. man, if you don't come up speaking in tongues, you ain't do it right. Lord, That's right, Father. I hope you get his people real quick because also Jesus didn't say repent of your sins and be baptized. I'll go on mute. Who I feel like Popeye. No, that's what the song said, Carlos, and he did say that. He said, I can't even tell you what Jesus said. Instead of with conviction for five minutes. Yeah, I'm talking about step in the world. Who said this? Did I miss something again? Oh, Lord. Yeah, you All did. Right. It's oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Is it on replays? <laughs> yes, you're going to have to listen to replay. Okay, all right. Well, y'all, I, I, I appreciate each and every single one of you all. Definitely do. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm out. Appreciate you, Jay. Well, I appreciate you. Listen, I understand your kids out of school for the summer, so you be moving, you be moving. But, listen, we be in here cracking up still at the 8 o'clock hour, and Mama Lynn <laughs> be in here rolling with us. So, trust me, just go back and listen to the replays. You'll catch it all. But Pastor Jerry, I'm going to throw it over to you, too, because I definitely know you can break this down when it comes to loyalty compared to, like, churches and ministry and, like, how people sometimes in church and ministry can correlate your loyalty to them and to the church, to your relationship with God. Just because, like, yeah, Pastor Jerry, speak on that for me. Good morning. How you doing, by the way? Good morning. Mega love to everyone in the room. Uh it is now uh, 86 degrees here in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey. <clears throat> um, I had my bowl Starbucks this morning and uh, preparing to leave tonight uh, for Tampa, preaching this weekend in Tampa, Florida, and also preparing for my relocating to Florida um, oh yeah! Congratulations! Yeah. I want to congratulate you last week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Not relocating to Florida. God has done something amazing, and successors of my aunt's ministry in Lake City, Florida. God just opened up that door extremely wide. I'm grateful for that. Um, loyalty. What is it, <laughs> people? People sometimes are loyal to doctrine as opposed to being loyal to Jesus, as opposed to being loyal to service. Um, and, and then they become loyal to doctrine, and then they become loyal to a fault, to an individual that walks in a modern-day warlock that will tell them your destiny is not going to be fulfilled if you don't do this, that, the other. However... Um, uh, the scripture that I read was my steps are ordered by the Lord and because an individual have a falling out does not mean that my future is not going to be what God has planned it to be uh, case in point 
uh, if someone gives you a prophetic word, Dr. Patton, and they prophesy to you in that moment, and all of a sudden something happens and you two fall out, that prophetic word does not mean it's not going to come to pass because you're angry with me. No, it, it, it's still going to happen. It's going to happen because this is what God said. And if by chance God did say it, you know, his word does not fall to the ground. Whether you believe it or not, uh, prophecy comes to pass whether you believe it or not. Uh, Acts Abram, when God told Abram, you're going to have a child, he didn't believe it, but it happened anyway. <laughs> so lo loyalty is like a curse word. And sometimes people will use loyalty in scripture um, as a browbeater over those who, um, and I do believe that there are times in individuals' lives where your purpose is done in a, in a certain area, in a certain place. And it is the immaturity and it is perfunctory. Uh, there, there's a word for you, Kenny, perfunctory for anyone to lay claim on something that's not theirs. Um, the Bible says, it's in your Bible if you didn't read it out, David said it in Psalm 100. We are his people, not your people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You, 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 you operate in such a uh, demonic realm when you begin to think that God's people are your people. These are not your people. They're not yours. They're whom God has entrusted you to care for, lead, and shepherd, but they don't belong to you. Again, the scripture says, Psalm 100, it's in your Bible if you didn't rip it out. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. All right. And finally, as I close, um, born and raised Hebrew Pentecostal, and I've been down in Jesus' name. Yes, been down in his name. However, um, that does not make me hate uh, K. Nick because, <laughs> as, as the apostolics say, you've been down in three gods. <laughs> No, uh, we, we get along just fine. We just have a difference of opinion. Um, but however, do I believe that if you didn't go down in Jesus' name, you're going to hell? No. Do, uh, do I believe that you were baptized wrong because you were baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? No. Do I believe that you're supposed to speak in tongues the moment you receive water baptism? No. Because if we even look in Scripture, tongues is a gift that does not come through submersion of water. Uh, tongues is a gift that come with the Holy Spirit. Now, because you speak in, or rather because you do not speak in tongue, does not mean you do not have the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. Because you do not speak in tongue, does not mean you have the Holy Ghost. Jesus said it this way. You'll know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. The evidence of the Holy Ghost, yes, it is tongues, but the the initial or the initial sign of the evidence of the Holy Ghost is Galatians 5.22, which represents and talks about the attributes of who Jesus is. The spirit, uh, or rather the fruit, not with an S, but the fruit of the spirit. He says it, number one, love. That's the only fruit of the spirit. Everything else are attributes of what love is. 
Love brings you joy. Joy brings you peace. Peace brings you long suffering. Long suffering makes you gentle. Gentleness brings temperance. And temperance brings self-control. So it's, it's not by chance that that scripture uh, says that fruit in that type of order. Because they come in that order. When you get love, you have the spirit of Jesus. I know King Nick doesn't like the Pauline gospel, but I like this in 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity, I'm a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Tongues does not mean you have the Holy Ghost. How do you know you have the Holy Ghost? The evidence of the Holy Ghost is a changed life. And I'm about to go get a haircut. I yield on that. Mega love. Thank Dr. Jerry, I want to thank you for that because I've never had it explained to me that way about the fruits of the spirit. I thought they all were um, individual, like a but like a fruit basket, but how they all work hand in hand, and it made so much sense as you were saying that. I am grateful that you have literally changed my theology. I am grateful for that, uh, honestly. So, thank you. Let me let me if, let if, me if you this. if you look at that if you look at that scripture Galatians five twenty two, but the fruit, it's not an S on the end of that, it's a fruit, and that fruit is love. That's that's the fruit, and and everything else is seeds inside of love. Look at that text again. I'm sorry, King Nick. Go ahead. I was gonna say I just want to push back uh, for a moment. Um, next Sunday, I'm actually preaching a Pauline text. Um, I'm cringing. I'm, I listen. I started on the sermon two weeks early. I started two weeks early so I can sit with it. Uh, but I, I am excited, and I'm preaching Romans, which is ugh, Lord have mercy. But you gonna be in chapter? You gonna be in chapter eight, though? No, I'm gonna be in twelve. We we gonna we gonna really deal with this uh, conforming and transformation. We gonna we gonna really deal with you, that. You, let let me help you with this, K Nick, on your opening. The people say that Hallelujah, Hallelujah, is the highest praise, but it is not. It's not. No. Not um, the highest praise is not even a word. It's an action. It is. And that action is in your text, Romans 12, 1. It is. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, presenting your body a living body. sacrifice. So let's let's do this. What is the greatest sin? Let's let's understand what that word sin is. The word sin is to miss the mark, which comes from the sport archery. That means I'm aiming for a target and I, and I miss it. So if I miss the target, that means I have sinned. You for, so 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 fornication. Uh, we labeled it as sin, but the greatest sin you can ever commit is not be whom God called you to be. That's the greatest sin you can ever commit is not be whom God called you to be. So on the contrast, what is the greatest? Thing or the greatest praise we can give, the greatest praise we can give is to be that which he has called us to be. So th that's just something for you, Kate Nick, in that text. Well, I guess I'll check in. Um, 
because profit probably on mute anyway. Um, it is 86 degrees here in the great city of Nashville, Tennessee. No breakfast as of yet. I'm sure I probably will get some. And for my day being what it is, I probably won't get very much to eat. Um, I love the conversation. I love the theology of uh, Pastor Jerry and even what I, I, I sense that uh, K. Nick will be diving in on Sunday. Um, but what's interesting is about the licensing, about all these systems that we have really adhered to, shows that many of us have not been pointed to God. We've been pointed to a system. And what God has been doing is he's been extracting and really shaking up the system and pulling many out of it with the same teaching, because there, there's some value, right? And some of the things that we learn, uh, even in the era. But I love how Prophet Jerry really broke it down. I want to go just a little bit deeper because fruit means that it is plural. Fruits would mean that it, um, that there, that, I mean, fruit is uh, singular, fruits is plural. So from that perspective, when you understand the word, or at least all the things, the attributes that comes with it. The true evidence, because think about it, all the people that you know that speak in tongues, because folk out, they're cheat people, they control, practice first crap, all the different things that we see, they'll tell you that they got the Holy Spirit because of the tongues, because that's the evidence, not the fruit of their life. We've gotten used to that because in Pentecostal circles, even in whatever circle, because the Holy Spirit has never allowed himself to be restricted just to a denomination man did that so we called it the sanctified church right we called it all kind of other stuff like the baptist ain't supposed to be sanctified like the cme ain't supposed to be sanctified or like all the denominations that we have they may not always practice some of the things that so-called pentecostals believe they all have access to all of those gifts because in paul's letters these are not letters to uh, the Kojic. Now, it's a letter to Corinthians, right? But it was not a letter to a denomination. It was a it was letters to a, a people that were starting to experience the work of the Holy Spirit, just like all the other letters he wrote. And then even with all the giftedness, they still had issues. They, As Prophet Jerry said, they were still missing the mark. You know, why don't you... St- <laughs> one, one phase of the letter to the Galatians, he said... You know, you foolish Galatians is what he called them. That's not a nice greeting. It's not a, not a nice uh, connotation of what you're trying to say. And I don't think he was calling them ignorant from a space of them being stupid. He was saying, hey, you're making some foolish choices. And I think in our sense that we're still doing that now. We're still, uh, Pastor Michael, trying to define the spirit of God with human intellect. And then we take the people, Pastor Charles, that we respect and we love them, we've revered for years. And even if they've been getting it wrong and God showed you something different, you are afraid to really do something different because they're going to throw you out the church, quote unquote, try to take your license and all this other dumb stuff that they do. You can't take people's anointing. You know, you can't take people's assignment. You can try. But when you do that kind of stuff, that's really the evidence, honestly, to me that you don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't care how many tongues you speak in. I don't care how many magic tricks you figure out you figure out you can do because it's your anointing. That, that, to me, that snitches on you when you try to lord over God's people. 
that you're supposed to be shepherding and leading to uh, the face of God. And also, as Jesus told the Pharisees, I'll be quite after this, <laughs> you're doing and saying things and blocking places that you don't even go in yourself. A lot of these Pentecostal folk don't even have the life that they would have you think they have because they don't go in themselves and they're trying to keep you from doing it. But that's just me. I'm on mute. Can y'all hear me? We can now. Awesome, awesome. It kept saying I was still on the phone. Are you talking now? Because you ain't saying nothing. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. You're not on the phone. You good. Okay, it kept saying I was on the phone. I don't know why. Anyway, but yeah, I was trying to say that, Dr. Patton, you made an interesting point. But understanding the point that I really want to get across is how do we, and I think Pastor Jerry kind of alluded to it, but how do we get to the point where we actually determine the level of our relationship with God? Because oftentimes people, especially sometimes preachers, I won't say especially, but sometimes preachers will oftentimes equate your relationship with God to their relationship with you. And I think that's kind of stupid. Well, it's actually wrong because it ain't stupid, it's wrong. Because our jobs as preachers and leaders is to point people into into their own personal relationship with God. That's why we have so many leaders that I, I steer clear of leaders that beat the drum of loyalty to their leadership and more and, and less loyalty to a relationship. God. That's a call. Facts, facts. Come on, Pastor Jerry. <laughs> and, and, and honestly. Here's one thing about that too, Prophet Jerry, that I've discovered. Because culture derives from a word called culture, right? Now, what we've done is we take the word cult, and because of the Jim Joneses and some other, you know, the Prince Davidian dude, what was his name, David Koresh, some type of dudes, those are the extremes. But to, what Prophet Jerry is waking up is that the stuff that is a little bit watered down. It may not be as extreme. They ain't drinking, the, well, they drinking some Kool-Aid, but it, and it may be killing them spiritually, but not physically. Where you operate in that type of space, and then when you die off, the church scatters because you're looking for the same personality that led the church all those years. And I, I heard Bishop Jake say this, and it's true. The greatest evidence of success is a successor. And if you look at a lot of, not just Pentecost church, but just Overall, you know, people that have a poor leaders have a poor idea of the future because when they think that they've gathered people to themselves and they have done that, that's why they don't they can't name a successor before they die. That's why they can't train anybody up to take over and pick up the mantle and the baton before they die, because they think they're operating a ministry. And the truth is they're operating a cult. And, 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 and most leaders are afraid, or at least if you tell them that, they'll be mad with you. They definitely ain't going to let you preach in the church because you don't see or you dishonor, you, you're dishonoring them. You're disrespecting them. And when you tell them, look, bro, why are you pointing people to you? Why is the message is so youth-centric and so institutional from a space of the name on the church versus the person, or at least the God who purchased the church with his own blood. That's your litmus test. And that's why a lot of people are rejecting uh, a lot of leaders 
because once they get, God will use them to, to get people in the door, but as they wake up and as they come out of that re religious dogma and matrix, then they start to realize that, man, as you guys were talking about the whole baptismal thing, it's comical. Did you get wet? <laughs> that's, that's what, did you really believe what, why you got you went down? Come on now, Patton. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, you, I mean, with the whole baptismal thing, you, you, I mean, you, you think that's it. That ain't where you have the life in. The life is in not only the, the intellect of understanding why it happened, but also as Prophet Jerry woke up, the fruit, the results. That's why Jesus said, we know the tree by the fruit it bears. Not the tongues you speak. I know who you are based on what your character presents. Good. I understand that there's there should be, as, as uh, Corinthians talks about the ministry of reconciliation, because we're going to fall. He that is spiritual restores his one. That, that's that. But when the result says that, hey, I don't have anything to be restored for because I don't do those things, or I cover my sin, I cover because I'm the pastor, I'm the apostle, I'm the prophet. But we keep catching you in fault, dog. And guess what? We keep inviting you because you got a following. So when you start really weaving the web and start looking at people and looking at yourself, are you pointing people to God or are you pointing to the, you pointing them to you? And it's <laughs> Pastor Carlos, Brother Carlos talked about when he talked about sowing the seed into the man of God. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying that. Here's what's wrong with it, though. When you make it strictly about what you get, I have seen, and here's one of the litmus tests I've seen, Prophet, and I'll be quiet after this. I've seen certain people that call themselves prophets that will not prophesy to people unless they give or a certain amount. They'll only prophesy. Those that give $1,000, you get this kind of prophecy. That's divination. And it's happening all the time. And the real prophets are getting drowned out because they think that, oh, those guys uh -oh. are the only representation of the prophetic, and they're not. But the real prophet that actually do it because they are called to do it, and then people just so happen to bless because they just, hey, if you feel like, hey, whatever you can, I mean, you can always tell the real ones. And I, I ain't gonna lie, Prophet Jerry, I ain't met many real ones. I met a lot of gifted people. But I have, a not, I have, I have yet to meet, I can count them on my hands because the litmus test is for me how you ask people to give to you. And some people don't know no better. I get it. And, and even if you try to correct them, they'll fight you. I mean, look, they will fight you in the alley over what they think they deserve. And that's why so many people now are rising up. So many, pro why do you think in John it said that, you know, so many false prophets will rise in the land? It didn't say false apostles. It didn't say false, te well, it said false teachers. That's, that's part of it too. But it said false prophets. Look at this fool right here. <laughs> I thought he put his was about to put his cash app up there. <laughs> but anyway, but you get what I'm saying. You know, so the individual experience has been minimized in our generation. And we've gotten so used to people gathering to personality more so than God. And it's irresponsible. And really honestly, I can tell that in this generation, we're we're waxing colder and colder because the fear of the Lord for a lot of people that operate in ministry is not there. The reverence of God, not the, you know, I'm scared that God going to kill me. And that's a part of it. But the reverence, the honor of who God actually is compared to the gift that he gave you to steward and the people that he gave you to actually use it to. 
a lot of these dudes don't even know and do that. Let's put that because you got some chicks at it too. They don't know they're going to have to hit that throne. They're going to have to stand before God and give an account for every word, every idle word. Okay, I'm on mute. I follow Marina's comment in the back. Uh, that's right. I'm not uh, do what you're worried about. Faithful so be more than God. Okay, understandable, Trey. I was trying to get you to come out mute and say it. But anybody can jump in, JY. Pastor Charles, I see you in the room. Mike, Michael, I see y'all in the room. Thank you so much for being here. Y'all can jump in anytime. Y'all know at 10 o'clock, we start popcorn style. During 9 o'clock hour, of course, I'll be wanting y'all to check in and, you know, see how y'all doing. But after 10 o'clock, the conversation started, y'all can jump in anywhere. JY, you want to jump in? JY, uh, is, there, so is there a specific question on the table? No, I was just trying to understand the correlation between how we have our relationship with God and church because so many people define and I'm gonna try to tighten this up, but so many people try to define your levels your level of relationship with God based off of your commitment to the church or your commitment to time and prayer or how you was baptized. You know what I'm saying? So I really wanna yeah, like uh what Pastor Patton used the word litmus test. I wanna know what would be the litmus test for you to determine if somebody really has a relationship with God, whether that be you or somebody else. How do you determine the fruit the, the fruit of relationship? The fruit. The fruit that he mentioned before, flat out. And if you go look in Revelations, it's a, it's a, he talks about, I think I want to say Revelations 4 or 3 or 4 or whatever. There's a church that was trying their hardest to work their way into the grace of God. And it was a loveless church. So he spoke to us, the loveless church. Um, but it wasn't pleasing to God. So me working as hard as I can and doing this, that, and the other, but I have no love behind it, does not show that I am a true disciple, follower, of Christ. It just shows that I am just there to do a job. You ever go to uh, um, uh, a store to buy clothes and the cashier is just mad and ringing your stuff up and snatching off the little security tags off all mean or whatever because they just there to get a check. They don't enjoy what they do. They have no love for it or whatever. They just there to get a check and go home. That's what it is when people who do all these things where I feel obligated to be tied to you. I feel obligated to be here at this church at this day or, or this, that, and the other. There's no love behind it. Now it's become just work. I don't, I don't, there's nothing behind it. There's no fruit behind it. You know, it, it is what it is. But when I get, when I use words, like I get to come to serve or I get to be around God's people or I get to be under this leader or whatever, because I truly love and appreciate whatever it is. I really love and appreciate God's people. That's the fruit that you will see from that. All this, I'm here with them this long. I've done this, all this, that, and the other. Ah, whatever, that don't mean nothing. The same person who might get saved five minutes before they die can have, have full access to heaven as a person that's been in the church for 35 years sitting on that same seat wearing that same hat. So, all right, I'm done. Um, and, and Prophet, I... um. For me, I don't really think it's my business and or my concern to really be worrying about these other people. I have a I have a good enough time working out my salvation, making sure that I'm doing and being and living the way that God has for me to live. 
whatever you do is what you do. Now it's different if I'm if I'm a pastor and I'm the watchman over your soul and you know I, I have an assignment to you, but for anybody else in this room, however you choose to live your life. That's your business now. Because I'm because I'm not your pastor. You know you know what I'm saying. Now, of course, I will pray for you. I will pray for you. Yes, I will. You know what I'm saying. Now, if you are my brother or my sister, you know, and I feel like and I and I have the unction to bring correction to you and or to restore you. You know what I'm saying. That's one thing. But I promise you. In my everyday life, I'm not out here like, well, I wonder, I wonder if JY is really saved like he say he is. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Ebony is living a holy and separated life in this present world. I don't, I, that doesn't concern me. I have an assignment for myself. But again, to, I guess the, the, um, the Bible, you know, we always teach that we, we will always know a tree you know, by, by the fruit. And it's already been said, if you do not produce the fruit of the spirit, I think that can already disqualify you from having and or operating in such spirit. You know, the, 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 the word and the spirit of God are the two things that we have to really check to see like do you really have what you say and in certain instances you do have to do that you know what i'm saying um, tell me i don't gotta go to church every sunday to have a relationship with god no no you don't now i am not, now i am not a person that's gonna sit here and tell you that i think you should you know what i'm saying but if but i believe in going to church Yes, I do. I believe in being faithful and going to your church. I believe that. I will teach that and preach that. I don't care what, what a nigga got to say about it. I believe in that. But at the same token, think about me. I moved away. I'm two hours away from my church. I haven't been to my church since May. And I'm still in love with God. I still pray. I still fast. I still consecrate. God still speaks to me. I still prophesy. I still operate in the fruit. I still operate in the gifts. And I haven't been to my church. Now, that's not me saying I don't think you need to go. I think you need to go. Yes, I do. I think you need a pastor and I think you need to be accountable and I think you need to go. But I have not been to my church since May. But that has not changed anything in my personal relationship with the Lord. I, I'm still dedicated. I'm still faithful. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm still obedient. I'm still on my assignment. None, none of that has stopped. So, yeah, I digress. Listen, let me throw this question over to Pastor Charles, and I think Dwayne have a question because Pastor Charles, you are a pastor. You have said a real life pastor, hundred plus members. You got a real church and all that good stuff. So tell me, like, from your experience, how does it, how is it being a pastor that has to be the watchman over someone's soul to mon to not necessarily say monitor their relationship with God? But, you know what I'm saying, to actually help them develop their relationship with God. You know what I'm saying? Because I think, you know, that's our goal, not only as a pastor, but as a believer. You're supposed to help people develop their relationship with God. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like come on, give me your pastoral experience. Well, first of all, good morning, everybody. And I hope everybody's day is going well so far. Um, I need to get myself together and get my big self out of here and get to work. But listen, uh, in terms of being a pastor, let me just say this. 
it is a call. It is something that God graces you to be able to do. And so um, I think, though, there's still different ways that people pastor. Um, the main thing is that you have to love the people. And in loving the people, sometimes I have to really, really be careful because my level of love for the people can be, you know, I have overdone it sometimes where um, I don't give the people space to live. Um, and that has been a mistake of mine uh, as well, because sometimes some of us pastors want to be um, gainfully involved in every facet of people's lives. That's good. And, That's good. And so you have to. You know, so you have to kind of back off and learn how to be able to have a happy medium and just trust God. Uh, remind yourself also that, again, I think it was already spoken already uh, by, uh, very eloquently by Prophet Jerry, that uh, that it belongs to, all of this belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. That means that's all of us. And so we all belong to God and we have to remind ourselves that it's him, according to scripture, that grows the church. He adds to the church daily those to be those to be saved. So I think the the biggest process that I had to learn was to allow people that live life. Um, I put the word out there. I put it in the in uh, make the meal. I prepare it, set the table, have it all set for everybody to come and eat. Now here's the process: whether you, whether you eat a lot or you eat a little, that is not my concern. I'd like for you to be able to eat a lot. But there are so many churches out here and so many places that you can go to if you want to eat a big meal. It's up to you to be able to be a part of that. My job is to make sure that I set it out there. And if you are a part of Kingdom Life or are a part of our church, you know, I try my best to make sure that I pass you at the best that I can. I do not want to ever be found not doing what I'm supposed to do. But at the end of the day, do I make mistakes? Do I miss the mark? Probably. Um, but at the end of the day, thank God that his grace is sufficient. And I have to make a determination to be able to be uh, the pastor that I need to be for the people that want to be pastored by me. And let me pastor Sean, let me, meet, let me ask you a real question then. How about this? Do you yes, ever feel like, and I don't, I don't want to sound crazy, because, but I understand you being a leader and having to be a watchman over people, take care of people. You know what I'm saying? I only don't understand from a ministry level. I understand from a business level. You know what I'm saying? But do you ever feel like, okay, well, you don't, like, say, for example, you 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 preaching there Sunday, you dead Sunday, and you notice a member not there as much. Do the part of you get get concerned and always want to like follow up or is that being too like how do you gauge the level of you following up you know what i'm saying because just because they're not in church don't mean they ain't being loyal to you know what i'm saying you doesn't mean they're not still in god they just probably not there so how do you determine or gauge that when it comes to like you you know following up with your members or just engaging with them like, how do you do that um well you know again i don't i don't make it a thing where someone has to has to do anything they don't um, gotta in be in of, church yes, yeah you, you know you have to be in church in order to be able to be a part of, of what's going on you have to be no 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 i try to make it as as, as i want you to be able to do it because you want to yeah. not because i made you and i mean that's how god is concerning us he gives us free will and i mean i think i'd rather be with anybody <clears throat> i don't want nobody to be with me that just they are out of coercion i mean if you're a kid that's one thing 
But if you are an adult, I don't want you to just come because you feel like I'm going to I'm going to get you or God's going to get you. No, I want you to be able to come because you want to be there. The other thing is, is that there are people who want to be pastored um, that are looking for a pastor. And sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. And yeah. so the sheep are dumb. They don't know. But but if you start feeding and you continue to be consistent, that to me is one of the things that has been a trademark of, our, of ours is that we are consistent. Every Sunday morning, unless it's a problem. And we only had one time in the seven years we had an issue, and that was because electricity was out. But let me tell you, every service, 9 a.m., you're going to get uh, the same thing in terms of we're going to be consistent in starting. Now, what God does in between, it, that's a whole different story. But when, uh, but, but the main thing you're going to get is you're going to get worship in terms of music. You're going to get word. You will get the opportunity to be able to give, to have the opportunity to hear the announcements and be a part of whatever you want to be a part of that we have to offer. And then you're going to get out of there and be, be out in time to go to go to IHOP and enjoy breakfast. <laughs> um, but but in terms of personally, I have learned in, in, in the hard way not to take stuff personally. And I've also learned um, I have to be very, very careful who I let my car down with. Because it could take some people out because they can't take your your they can't take your realness and there's sometimes they can't take it so I have to be real careful who I am around that I can you know speak freely with because sometimes I'm speaking out of frustration too I have I have frustration I have um, areas where I, I could do better I guess in that area you know and it is what it is. And um, I know I've said something to one person, and that one person I didn't know that they were connected with with this person like that, and and they were like, um, it, and it was a true statement. It wasn't like it was something I wanted to gossip about them. Uh, it was just a true statement. And next thing I know, I got two folks that's mad, and they done left the church. I'm like, what's going on? And then I had to come back and like, well, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry you heard it that way. That's not, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know what? Give it up. And I still see them at the grocery store sometimes. And I'll be sitting there looking at them and they are just as lost as, as Dorothy in, in Oz, you know. And and I'm like, you know, you got to get over yourself. And the real the realness of what I said was that um, what happens is it's a person that um, they were had some issues of, of abandonment when they were really small in New York City. Abandonment. They, their parents left them, and when they were like five or six, and they had to make it themselves, and so they had this whole mindset that they have that they have about certain things, and 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 and, then, and whenever they get frustrated, they go back to that being that five-year-old. They're fifty years old, but they go back to the five-year-old when certain things happen. And so my explanation of that was like, you can't go back. You can't go go back to the five-year-old. You got to grow up. And that other person heard it, and they heard it through someone else's interpretation, and it got mad, you know. And so what did I learn from that? I learned that, okay, don't say certain things to, to everybody unless you're saying it. If you're saying it over the pulpit and God is on it and he's is riding on his anointing, that's one thing. But when you're talking to some individual people and maybe about someone else's situation, don't do that. Tell them and make sure you get full understanding. I mean, that's a, that's a learning curve. Did I lose much, honestly? Um, sort of. I mean, when I say m much, um, the things they were doing was nice, but we needed to go to the next level anyway. So when they got up out of there, I was able to get somebody else in. So God bless, you know, God bless you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, I, it is it is what it is, but it's a whole, that's a whole, 
story. But as a pastor, it's just, it's not always as easy as it seems. So when you're in the presence of people, you're doing pastoring, you're pastoring a, a, um, a, a real, ch- when I say a real church, please forgive me everybody for saying it like that. But when you are pastoring brick and mortar, it is different than uh, than something else because you got to look at these people. You you have to reach out and touch them. Right, you got to look at them in their eyeballs. Yeah. You got to hug on their neck. Yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole it's a whole thing, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to be able to do it. But I'm telling you, you know, and then then you look around at other people who have larger than you, and you ask yourself sometimes, like, what what am I doing wrong that that uh you know that I, I want to be that big maybe. You know, maybe even God has given you what you can give you by capacity. I don't know. You know, so it's 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 a whole all that to be thought about. So I'll go on me. That's good. I really do appreciate that. Dwayne, I think you had a hey, question. Oh, no, he left. Okay. What'd you say, I, Mama I, Land? I got one. Okay, go for it, Mama I Land. I have a question. Um Pastor Charles, you said it took them back. Wouldn't that have been a trigger for them that they have never been able to figure out? that it was a trigger and it set them back. So, uh, you know, sometimes if we're not taught how to deal with our past and what could trigger us and set it off. I know even now as an adult, um, some things would trigger me and I'll be looking at it and I'll be like, uh, just get over it, you know, that's a trigger. you, and they might not even know that you really didn't mean to hit that trigger point on them. I'm just saying them. I don't know who they are. Me, you might have said something that might trigger me, but you didn't know that it was going to trigger me. Uh, but if we're not taught how to handle and process things, it will keep us in limbo for days. So it, I don't know how I'm putting this. Uh, where, how can we teach people not to let our past trigger us and set us back? I guess that's how I want to say that. But do now we he, need to go through a therapist? Yeah, we do. We do. That's the biggest thing is we do need therapists. That's that's a big thing. The other thing is, is that to be honest, there are if let's put it this way, in the scheme of life, if Holy Spirit or life has brought you to this place and a trigger happens, that thing needed to happen so that it could get exposed. There's no other way around it. There are moments that we would love, I would love to be able to walk around and, and not trigger people. But to be honest, life is triggering. Situations will happen that is triggering. But there's got to be some place where hopefully there's someone that's there that can help you while you're going through that process. You know, it's almost like um, if somebody getting sick and they, they, have, uh, they, they have an asthma attack. If the right person is not there that understands that, or there's not someone there to try to help, that person could die of asphyxiation. They, they can't breathe. And so there's, if some, but if no one is there when a triggering happens, that's a problem. But see, to me, that's what the church is for, especially when you have built the church or you allow God to build the church around you where people 
and recognize when something is going on. We now have people around now in the church, and I always make sure I say this out loud. You see something that's going wrong or something that needs somebody needs help, you have permission to help them out. You have permission. Open up yourself and be okay with helping someone else. You know, back in the day, people used to get happy and stuff like that, and they would just go off. And but there would always be somebody that was that was not happy, so to speak, that could help that person. You know, um, back in the day, the Baptist church, and so there were certain churches that they people did chair shouts, and and they would just just like they were like they were going to break the pew, and they're breaking and they're just stomping and doing. And there, but there was always somebody that would be there to kind of help them not to hurt themselves. You know, some of y'all say, well, if you got the Holy Ghost, you ain't gonna hurt yourself. Well, listen, um, I, I've seen folks get so happy though and then they they uh they were they had some surgical procedure and that surgical procedure meant that they couldn't do a whole lot of movement as such but they were they in their mind they were so happy and the next thing i know something bust loose and they had to they had to get call the emergency room or call the uh, ambulance and come and take them away and it was i mean it, it was what it was i mean i don't know i don't it happened in church uh the person ended up living but you know, but things like that have happened. What am I saying? I'm saying that it's great, though, that if something happens, why can it be at the church where someone can be there to help them out and to get them through that process? And I think um, most people just need the permission to be able to assist in, in whatever way they can. Sometimes a person needs to be they crying so bad that you'd be taken out. And, and, and so they take them out. I had one person that had um, was going through um, menopause and they, when they got to the church, they just broke down and started crying. And, and they just was just, you know, going through. Now, here's what happened. I had two, one person that was a minister, the other person that was uh, just kind of there and just a prayer warrior. And the person, they couldn't get that person um, to a place of, of, of resolve. And so uh, they were all during service when that person walked in at seven o'clock, they walked in and they were in the lobby the entire service. And then, uh, you know, I come out and I'm greeting everybody as they leave. And I find this person crying and going through. And they said, we, we've been praying for the entire service. We've been praying for. I said, well, why don't you bring her in? And and I walk over there to her. Holy Spirit gives me what to do. And I get to her and I pray for her and then I all I did was hug her gave her a hug and just hugged her and said you know what Holy Spirit you got you're fine you're gonna be okay and that hug was something that she needed she needed a fatherly hug guess what if those folks had had I mean if they knew what was going on and they knew they couldn't deal with it and I told them that but I said y'all I gotta rebuke y'all on that Y'all, if it's something you can't handle, and I'm not saying you can't handle it all the time, but but if you don't, if you need help, bring the person in to a place where they can get help. Well, guess what? After a while, that they, the devil started speaking to them because they had pride in them. In their minds, they have just as much Holy Ghost as anybody else, and they can get it to work. Well, yeah, that's nice, but there's an anointing on the set leader of that house. That and I used to be scared to say that. I used to hate to say that because I never wanted to be that guy that was like, um, you know, everything stops and ends with me. No, I, I, it, but there's intent and there's heart with this. I can tell you that there are just certain things that, as the leader of the house and as God, uh, the under shepherd, that there is certain things that I, um, by, by the power of Holy Spirit, can do and have access to that everybody just doesn't. And I'm okay with that. 
but I, I also that has to be a thing where someone has to be able to be open to that. If you say that I'm your pastor and you allow me to pastor you, guess what? You get you get the full anointing, the full whatever that that comes with that. You have all access to be able to receive from me in that respect. In terms, you know, legally, praise the Lord. Let's be honest about that. Thank you. Now, now that I got your permission. I'm gonna bug you to death. I'm joking. See, I'm you joking. know, but, but what I'm saying is that if you are if you are a citizen at Kingdom Life Church, you have that you have access. You have access. Now, if you if it's some crazy, I, I'll be able to recognize that. But at the end of the day, you have access to be able to receive. You get prayer. You get to get hospital visitation. You get to be able to uh, come and 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 get counseling uh, up to a certain point, and also ac- excuse me access to whoever. Um, I can send you to, you know, um, Dwayne, I don't know why, I know he's in here somewhere, he was in here, gonna leave my Chick-fil-A alone, leave it alone, but anyway, um, we have to allow um, ourselves to be pastor, even I'm a pastor, but I have a pastor, that if I need to go to him, and I go to him, um, I, I do, and you know, oh, how about this, y'all, okay, so my salary comes from the church, right, so this is a little thing that I do, uh, my salary comes from the church. So I don't, I, I put God to the test. Here's what I don't do. I don't give my salary back to the church because, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're a small church and, and I, we can use the money too. No, no. I, I tied up. I tied up to my bishop. I tied up to him. That's good, and, Pastor Charles. And, and that's that. just, because it's, because, because, you know, what are you doing? I mean, are you giving, are you really giving God your tithe and saying, you know, you're tithing outside of yourself? I don't know. It's a thing that I, I, I learned that I heard and it works for us. It works for me that because I'm getting a salary from the church, my main salary come at the main right now comes from ministry. And so me giving back to it is like, it's just recycling seed. But if I give outside of myself and give tithe up outside of myself, it just makes it to me a better situation because now I'm giving God the opportunity to prove now here with and see, you know what I'm saying? And so let me tell you, I'm not going under. I, my mortgage has been paid every month. Everything that I need is taken care of. Now, if something cool, happens, yeah. now here's something now for me, if I get paid outside the church, someone blesses me in some kind of way or whatever, then I tithe into the church. I'll tithe there. But in terms of my salary, and uh, I usually give that. And who knows what the Lord may even speak to me about with that. I mean, it might be a thing where I need to tie totally outside of myself and just continue doing that. I don't know. But if the money comes uh, from the church, I do not tie that way. I tie up. Um, and I learned that uh, from my bishop at the time, Bishop John Jimenez out of uh, Virginia, out of the Rock. She was the, one of the uh, founders of the Rock Church in Virginia Beach. But anyway, that was his his way of doing it. And I, and I saw it work for him. And I said, Lord, when I get that opportunity, if you call me to that, I'm going to do the same thing. And here we go. He reminded me. Anyway, I'll go to, I'll go on you know, that. That was good. That was good. Pastor Charles. I appreciate that. Listen, I see Pastor Lewis in the room, man. And I ain't heard Pastor Lewis voice in forever. So I definitely want to give him the uh, space and grace to chime in on the conversation because I seen you popped in the room earlier, but you stepped out. So I definitely want to give you the opportunity while you're still here to go ahead and greet the room, Pastor Lewis. How you doing this morning, man? How you been? Do-do-do-doop. Oh, he may not be available. 
If not, I'm going to go ahead and go to Dr. Trina, and then I see Michael in the building. Dr. Trina, how you feeling this morning? Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me yes, okay? Yes, ma'am. I am doing good. I'm doing good. Um, uh, just trying to get myself together here. Got a busy weekend. Um, and so uh, so I'm just looking at the conversation um, and um, you're talking about the relationship with God. And I, I like what Pastor Charles was saying because it, um, it definitely have to be a, in a place where we have to have a relationship. Um, so I don't want to chime in too much because I didn't get to hear all of it. But uh, if I was to look at this part of it, we we that's the crucial piece of being a Christian is the relationship. Um, and our relationship with God is the crucial piece. Someone's trying to call me um, with um, understanding how to um, build our Christian walk um, and how to navigate through the kingdoms of, of God and understanding how to move through life. The relationship allows us to see things in a perspective that we can't haven't seen before. Uh, and so um, um, we have to understand that piece. So I, I just really believe that when we have a clear understanding of who we are in God and that relationship, it builds up the strength of having more understanding of how to deal with other people. Um, and so that's that's all I have to say. Uh, and it's important. Dr. Trini. important. Dr. Trini, let me ask you this question, because, I mean, we kind of um, went a couple of different places within the conversation. Um, but one thing that we talked about is how oftentimes in church, they define our relationship with God based off of our loyalty to the church or to the pastor. And although we've already debunked that kind of in this room already, what is one of the key factors that you would say helps build your relationship with God or is a component when it comes to telling someone else or teaching someone else how to develop their relationship with God? Because truth is, some people don't go to church, but they got a better relationship with God than the people that's in the church. So what are the key factors that you believe it takes to actually develop that relationship? You know, the key factor for me, because I, I you know, being in church and then knowing, like you say, some knowing people that don't have uh, that church relationship, but they have a God relationship. Um, and so with them having a God relationship, they they have that time of uh, praying and getting into their word. Um, because they, you know, people have been church hurt, so they, they're cautious of what they do. But I think the main thing is that once you read the word, having that time to uh, read and dissect the word, but the main thing for me after reading it is sitting and listening, waiting for God to speak back to me. Some people might not understand that. Um, so from a, from a babe up to where you are now, uh, is that constantly letting God know that he matters, that he's important, that he's a part of my daily life. Uh, I think that's what um, building a true relationship is, that I, I trust God. I th you're not being holier than thou, but you're are acknowledging him for who he is and just being transparent enough to say, you know, God, I couldn't make it without you. I mean, I have conversation. I'll be walking through the house and I'll be yeah, talking to God, just like God, man, this today is crazy. What what is going on? You know, and so it's because it becomes a daily, daily activity. 
It's not whenever I'm in church or whenever I'm in a building. And some people in the church try to dictate to you, like you said, how to have a relationship. No one could dictate to you how to have a relationship but God. That's good. That's good. That's good. They cannot dictate that. They, they, and that's the problem is that they want you to dictate your relationship based off Religion. of what they yeah, assume yeah. a relationship look that's like. Good. And that's the that's a problem right there uh, because uh, prophet, what happens is then I'm focusing on what man said, how I should do it instead of what God wants from me. And so now my heart is not really turned towards God because it's going towards what man think I should have it to, to be. And so what I really believe is that if we stop focusing on what people say and look at what God say, what do the words say about it? Uh, back up the word with it. Uh, uh, understanding that when we don't, when we constantly go to people, I've been in churches where people tell you, oh, you don't pray like that. Uh, you need to get deeper into a relationship with God. You don't know what my relationship right, with God looked like. Right, right. <laughs> How are you going to justify what it looked like? I'm not in a church seven days a week like you are, and you still acting like you ain't got no sense. I'm, I'm you know what I'm saying? Right. So you still slipping and tipping and and doing stuff that you call the people that you ain't got to be calling and and doing and so I found out some things in the last in the last 24 hours that have thrown me off. I was like, how in the world this man been doing this for years and been doing that, and all of a sudden you got you got issues with little boys? I, I, I just don't understand. I'm like, how do we get to this place? Uh, but you've been you've been pastoring for years. You've been telling people how to walk their life and how to do this, but now you 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 got to, you got skeletons in your closet. Not only skeletons, it's, it's more than a pack. It's like them them dry bones and as as they tap they topped on top of each other. They you know, and so it's just how can you dig Tate, you cannot, do not, and if anybody be here, listen to this recording afterwards, do not let someone dictate your relationship with God based off of what they feel it should be. That's wrong. That's wrong. I know you can help me, guide me in certain areas of understanding if I have questions, but you can't tell me you need to do this, this, and that. And that's what took me. It took me a long time to get to that reality because I was going based off of what people say Pentecostal need to look like. People said, you know, I'm, you know, growing up in church, they said, oh, well, you got to you got to wear a certain type of clothes. And, you know, I come up in, in church in the 90s and, oh, you can't do this and you can't. And so I look like the whole of the now. Um, but I had my relationship with God allow me to understand that I can still have a balance. And that's where people miss it in the church. I, I love the Lord with all my heart, but he said, I, above all things that I will, that you'll prosper and be in good health, even as I sow. And so my thing is that how do I do all of that without a balance? I have to have a balance. I cannot just be so holy that I don't know how to understand the balance of life. Because then I'm not, I'm not the light that I'm supposed to be, that other people be drawn to the God that I serve. Because my relationship allows me to be the voice that I need to be. And they see the God in me. But not only they, that, they will also understand that I have a relationship with him. And that's the key. Our relationship be, should be a part of us. It shouldn't be no big old flash and neon sign, but it should be a part of us. So I think that's the key is that for me, prophet, is that I'm not going to let man dictate. I've been there. They told me how to wear my clothes. Uh, they told me what to say, how to say it. 
and then I had to get a reality check. That's not what God requires because my, my assignment is based off of God, not man. And so I had to change my perspective and get a, a eye opening uh, of what God's relationship was for me, not what somebody told me. So I'm Dr. Trina Brown. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I'm going to dock my yacht. That's okay. Can, can I can I say this uh, uh, for a second? <clears throat> Thank you, Doctor Trina, for your great dissertation on that. <laughs> Mega love. I, I want to say this, and I want to say this with all love, sincerity, humility, and honesty. You ready, Doctor Patton? Everybody needs a pastor. Let me say that again. Everybody needs a pastor, especially if you're a new convert. You can't dictate my relationship with God. Very true. But the Bible says as a newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the gospel that they may grow thereby. Notice I said you need a pastor, not a dictator. Watch this, uh, Ephesians 4, and he gave some apostle, um, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. If we do a deep study on that scripture, it's not the five-fold ministry, it's really the four-fold because that pastor, teacher is one in the same person. God gives you a pastor to help you develop your relationship with God. Point blank period. So we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We can't we can't dictate our relationship with God and say, I'm not going to church because we've seen somebody else who called themselves a pastor, but God did not give them the authority or responsibility to do that. One, two. We get so caught up in the in the in the in the glorification of a human till we forget that they are human and they still deal with flaws and frailties as others. And so one of the, one of the things that I, I really, 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 I, I'm not gonna say hate, strongly dislike is that we, we tend to uh, uh, beat up and we tend to um, throw rocks and talk about the church, but yet we have not found the solution on how to fix it. Where you went? We, can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Okay. We beat up the church, but yet still we don't bring remedies on how to fix it. And, and, and people, people tell me, this is in the church, this is in the church. And, and my job as a prophet of God, I'm a defender of the faith. I, I defend the faith and I defend the church. So uh, I'm not going back to church. I had church hurt. Who cares? So so somebody said something to you on your job. You, you're in the custom out. But you can make sure you're going to clock back. Oh, I get paid at my job. Well, you're going to get paid here too. The Bible says you're going to get a crown of life. But, a crown of righteousness but, and a crown Jared, of glory. But Pastor Jared, here's the thing though. Because oftentimes we we somewhat exalt the relationship over religion um, type of type of aspect, but then at the same time we'll beat people up when they don't follow the religion. That's the issue. You don't understand what religion is. 
Help them. You, you, you don't understand. You don't understand what religion is. Let me just say this. People say, I, I don't want religion. I want relationship. Well, first of all, you can't have relationship without religion. Uh-oh, yeah. what is religion? Your religion is your discipline. Come on. See, I, I, I'm, a, I'm about relationship. Okay, but what, what, what are the parameters of this relationship? You're just not going to do what you want to do and, and think that we're going to accept everything. Come on, Paul, shall we continue in sin? Like grace may abound, God forbid. What, 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 what is the religion? You, you can't have relationship without religion. So you're just going to be a Buddhist and a Muslim and a Christian and a Hindu and a Jew? Prophet no. Jerry, Prophet Jerry, can you tell them what pure religion is as according to James? 1? Right. That's what I was going to say. Then you have to define religion then at that point. <laughs> well, then that's that's what he's saying. And I, and I agree. And I, I'm going to uh, come back behind him because um, I, I agree. We have to have a pastor. Uh, we do need pastors um, that follow after God's heart. Um, but we, we, like you said, we don't need dictators. Uh, and so when we have a true uh, pastor, uh, I remember when I first got saved uh, and, and gave my life back to the Lord uh, uh, in my early 20s. Um, I remember that the pastor set me down and, and, and the mothers uh, taught me um, how to build that relationship because I had a religion based of, of how to have discipline. Uh, and so there is different things because you can't be to and fro. You can't go here and there. You can't have a, um, a mind where I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, but the key is that when you under the right leadership, this is what I think, because uh, you said something very important, Pastor Jer Apostle Jerry. You said something very important. How do we go and resolve some of these issues? Uh, I think that if if most of the leaders are up under a certain realm of covering, uh, then there there becomes an elevation of how to address it. You go to your leader, but if the leader is having the problem, then because there is a lot of problems in churches. Don't get me wrong. I, I love church. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in for everything. But you have to make sure that when a leader is out of order, then there have to be a covering or something to say, you know, this is what we need to do. We need to come together as a, a board or either go up to the higher who they are covered by uh, and say something is out of order. But when you get to a point um, that most church, let me say it like this. Most pastors that I've heard, and and, and y'all can kick me out the room if you want. I'm okay. Uh, most pastors that I've heard, it's my church. They, the first thing they say is at my church, uh, and and they don't understand. They go and start saying what it's about me instead instead of about being a God's church. Uh, and and so uh, that was some of the th problems that I think calls create or should create so say, some issues with leaders in a, in a church because how can I help you ask the question and I want to give you some feedback on what I think is that that some pastors know that they do wrong but they don't want nobody to help them and and then some pastors it's a twofold to this uh, then some pastors don't understand what they do when they do it and so it becomes an issue and is repetitively going throughout the church uh, that it's a problem uh and so because no one is giving account 
for what they're doing, then it becomes an issue of how people are handled in the church. And then now we're looking at my relationship uh, with God differently because I'm trying to ask God, well, God, if I'm supposed to stay and endure as a good soldier, then how do I understand the leader? Give me an understanding of what my assignment is in this church. This is the key. That's why the relationship and, and walking in Christianity is, un, you have to have a relationship to understand this. Because if I know what I'm here for, if I'm called to be an evangelist or called to be the, an, an, involved in outreach, if I'm called to help the young people, then I will make, my pastor should know one, because he should have prayed over who's coming in the church. And what, and I go to him, he should know what my assignment is or either pray and say, let me get back to you. This is what I've experienced. I have experienced pastors saying, okay, sis, um, I, I know that this is what God has called you to do, but um, let me touch and agree because I really see you in both areas. And that's fine because I knew what my assignment was. So that's some of the things I think that people need to understand as well, because your relationship with God well, I, that will direct you. And then also the pastor will definitely guide you and making sure that you're constantly walking in the way of your relationship with God. That's what I see. And so that's, that's, I'm going to dock my, yard. I'm sorry, but can, can I, can I say, can I say this on that religion piece? Religion is established by your faith. Did I say that? Yes, I did. Because my religion is what I believe. And my faith is what I believe in. Here is our issue, uh, Pastor Charles. We made, or pastors have made themselves the people's religion. That's why they say, Ooh, I don't want religion. That one was good, Harry. Say that I am again. the religion. I, I, you have faith in me. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and those type of people... Ooh, I'm gonna get in trouble. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm with Watch you, this. So back. they preach. So they preach faith as a tool to get something, as opposed to believing in God. So now you've made the person religion. Oh, your faith is to get a car. Oh, your faith is to get a house. No, 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 no. Our faith is the decree on the death, burial, and resurrection, uh, the ascension, the seeding, and the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is my faith. So that establishes my religion. That establishes my foundation. And I build upon the foundation, and this is why we have wavering saints, because they have not founded their faith and religion in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have church hurt. So we have people who are, are wavering and looking at people and they made the man or that person their religion and their faith in that person as opposed to having faith in God to establish so the foundation. They're not loyal to God. They're, they're loyal, not to, loyal to God. They're loyal to people. People. That's, That's it. Pro That's Prophet right. Jerry, Prophet Jerry, stop right there. You said <laughs> faith, on, religion is what I believe. What, what is faith? What is, what is the difference between religion and faith? One more time. Please repeat this for the, for the room. Your religion establishes your faith. That faith is what I believe in. So watch this. That's why they call it the Christian faith. That's why they call it the Muslim faith. 
That's why they call it the Jewish faith. My religion establishes what I believe in. So Paul says, we contend for the faith. I contend for my religion. So yes, I am religious. I'm religious in Jesus Christ, not in a man. And watch this, uh, Prophet Jerry. I was hoping that you would hit this, but I, I'll do it just because I can be your tag team partner. You tag me in the room, the ring. Uh, when James talks about pure religion, he's not only talking about those things, but faith, basically, as you stated earlier, produces a fruit that allows you to practice religion from a space of seeing others' needs. That's what James is talking about in verse 26. First chapter, by the way, go read it. And the thing was, when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, why are people talking about religion versus relationship? It was a catchphrase, but it was not commensurate to what the Spirit of God really meant when he put that in Scripture. And not only did he put that in Scripture, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but allowed us to understand that there's a pure religion and then there's a defiled religion. And, and the defiled religion means that we point people to us and an idea of what we think the word of God is or faith in God is as prophet just so eloquently stated we point people to us to the point to where as in certain Pentecostal circles we name the church after us we'll call it Pat Memorial uh, Kojic uh, Church yeah I said that I ain't scared of y'all or whatever church whatever denomination we'll put our name on it because it's a memorial to what I've done because it's my church entire we see all the time people fighting over churches after a leader dies and Bishop Jake said this uh, earlier the success of a leader again I said it earlier is measured by the successor is the ministry successful if it doesn't have a Joshua that is handpicked by God and said leader to put uh, push that vision in, in, into into full fruition into its future that's why with Prophet Jerry's situation going to um, uh, Florida, we talk about women not being able to be apostolic and be leaders. Well, she don't prove the point because she don't selected her successor. She understands success. She understands leadership. You line up a hundred pastors uh, in a room, and at least ninety-four of them don't have a succession plan. And they said, and they say they're leaders. They get, they get a, uh, they get a pastor's anniversary every year. They get all the benefits. They stay too long and they stay as long as they can because they're going to suck and milk that church dry down to the point of where 12 people are in. And then now they're looking for somebody young and really they ain't even doing that. What they're doing is, and Mama Lynn know exactly what I'm talking about because that's what happened to her son. She know exactly what I'm saying. When you treat people in ministry coming behind you because you've sucked the ministry dry, but yet you want people to honor and respect you and respect your work. And they put a, put your name a, a, on the street as an honorary uh, as an honorary street and the whole neighborhood is falling apart. I see that all the time in my hometown, by the way, and it's sickening to me. It is it's completely sickening to me. I wouldn't want my name on the street if every house in the neighborhood was torn down because that would be an indictment on my leadership versus a celebration of it. So I'll say this in closing. The world is looking for pure religion because they do press us for that. That's why they come to us and ask us to help them pay your rent. That's why they come to us and, and try to see if they can get married and counsel and those kind of things. And I'm not saying those things should happen because, because of, of, of membership or not. We can debate that part. But when the people don't see pure religion being 
uh, practice. And then we take religion and defile it and say it's about the relationship with God. That has a kernel of truth to it. But when you look at the fruit, you need some doggone religion. You need some doggone repetition. You need some doggone discipline because you don't have it. That's why you cuss folk out. That's why you will go and preach all day Sunday and then have a girlfriend come over your house on Sunday and then get up and tell the people they shouldn't do it and you're doing it too. The fruit versus what you say it is. The fruit of the Spirit. And when God lines it up and then he begins to inspect it because John 15 gives us another uh, uh, glance of it, Prophet Jerry, because it says the tree going to be there and you got branches. One is productive and then the other one, this, it stopped producing because it's not connected. It's still on there, but it has no fruit. So what happens to it? It gets cut off and God throws it in the fire. We don't preach that because all dogs go to heaven in a lot of our denominations and churches. And we can't say the things that we need to say. Something that Pastor Charles said earlier that I wanted to jump into and I couldn't. And I want to go back here and say it right here. Because we talked about the brother that he had to say, maybe say something too harsh and it, it caused him to do X, Y, and Z. That's one way of looking at it. But let's turn the page. We have a lot of leaders that can't say things to people that need to be said because they're so daggum fragile to whereas if you tell them and they, you try to correct them and get them and lead them where they're supposed to be, they lead the church. And Bishop Jakes was talking about this in his sermon uh, last Sunday. Now it's church hurt because I told you the truth. Because I held you accountable. So we have a, we have a lot of hairs that we're splitting here. But I think that when we understand as leaders... What happened, Pat? Did he get a call? You go You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, finish. I ain't hear you. That. Okay, but, but I was just saying in closing, that's why the danger has been, Pastor Chris, where we have made people loyal to the church. We beat tithing over the head so we can have a budget. Pastor get his cut, musicians get their cut, and then we look the other way because now we just got to keep keep people happy. We got to keep them smoking praise crack. We got to keep them smoking uh, stuff that's only a pseudo part of what pure religion really is or true discipleship really is, and we gather them to us, and we tell people they're okay because they pay tithes, not because they live their life right. That's been the paradigm for years, and what God is going to do, and he's already doing it, uh, Dr. Schrader, is that he is course correcting. That's why COVID hit so hard. That's why digital ministry and all these different unconventional ways that God is lining up that people don't like is lining us, raising up. God's raising it up because he's so sick of leaders that have not done the job and they've only gathered people to themselves. All right, I'm on mute. That was good. Yeah, I got me thinking about my topic for next week. I think I'm gonna have to plan out a whole different schedule because I have some topics written down, but yeah, making me think about a whole curriculum for next week. I'm gonna call it business in the church. <laughs> church business. We really need to dig into religion versus relationship. Yes. Can can you separate the two? Now that's a discussion we need to talk about. I, I don't mean to take but over Pastor your. Jerry, no, no, you do it, and we.
we might even take that one into tomorrow as well. But that's what I was asking because, like I said, for my generation, we separate. Well, I can't say we because I don't. I, I mean, I, I consider them somewhat the same as well. But how do we discuss separating the religion from the relationship? Because for my generation, a lot of us se separating that looks like, oh, well, we still have a relationship with God. We pray. You know what I'm saying? But we don't got to go to church every day. We're not fasting every Tuesday, every Thursday, like a traditional church people. We love, you know what I'm saying? And this and this is why, and this is why we're weak. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're weak because you don't fast every week. You're down. weak because your prayer life is like, like, uh, uh like Swiss cheese, raggedy. You, but, you but know, the, you know but, why? Do you but, know why the saints of old had power? They couldn't read the because the they had they had power. Why? Because they prayed. Hello. They fast. They kept Hello. that religion and relation. Come on back, you in the matrix. Come on back, you in the well, matrix. We're weak. Good. We're weak because we have weak religion. We are weak, and this is why the Muslims and every other religion can walk over us and talk about the Christian faith because we have weak jellyback Christians that want relationship without religion. And you can't separate it. This is why if somebody says something to you, you're ready to leave the church because you don't have a strong foundation or strong religion. Well, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I don't mean to. I, I, I hope you do because what you just described, Prophet, is we really have confused defiled relationship a perverted relationship with ritual and they're not the same the ritual of oh i go to church mm, Pat, and that's good say that again you know you got defiled religion with ritual mm, okay and then it becomes it becomes cultural as prophet jerry talked about when we talked about cult about about 45 minutes ago when uh leaders don't know that they are de facto cult leaders when they got the people unto themselves when they're mad that people leave their ministry and for good reasons, right? A lot, everybody don't leave your church just because they're rebellious. They leave your church because they just outgrown your ministry. And instead of wanting the best for that person to continue to grow and say, hey, you know, God planted God another water and God get the increase. Instead of that, you mad because they're gone because they're a strong tither or they're, they, they, they serve on your ministerial staff very well. Churches are after them and trying to pull on them to come and get them to pastor. But when they ask, you for the recommendation you don't do it because you ain't ready to let him go because you say he ain't ready and the man been ready 10 years that's religion or that's that's perverted religion i should say but ritual but dr Patton, here's the problem the premise that we're operating on is wrong because what we're defining as religion is actually legalism and the challenge is is how how can one have religion without relationship? And so I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and segue into that answer. You absolutely can't have religion without relationship. The problem is though, we haven't had strong leaders to teach, preach and break down the word. So how can we expect the body to follow thereafter when the leader doesn't have the foundation? 
Chris, which one would you say come first? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg type of situation. What comes first, the relationship or the religion? Your religion establishes your relationship. I disagree. I think your relationship establishes your religion. I, 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 I disagree. I disagree. A lot of people will find the relationship before they find the religion or the discipline. So, so let, me, let me ask this question. So if God did not engage the relationship first, how do we even start to understand and build the premise of what religion is? Mm, right. Okay. Okay. Chris, can I hop in there real quick? Hey, what's going on, Paul? Absolutely, oh, my right. friend. Uh, it, it's funny. I just said this. Y'all ain't gonna like me for this, but <laughs> even the devil has a relationship with God. Oh, oh God! Oh no! Oh, no. Now you're the, talking. Yes, he does. The Come devil on, has Michael. access to God. <laughs> The problem is, I'm just saying, Chris, you know me, I'm going to say it. I think we're preaching too much. We stop at relationship uh -huh. and don't push forward to position. Oh, that's. Oh, I agree okay. with you there, Michael. Okay. You can okay. have a relationship with God. But what's your position? position that's good. The devil has access to God, <laughs> but he has no position with God. That's good. And when the church gets to a place where we begin to teach having position, in your relationship with God? That's good. Then we get better. I'm just going mute right there. That's good. <laughs> okay. Hold that's, on, Pastor Michael. You can't leave us like that. That's, that's who. <laughs> Man, because the, the, you just ex, you explained Job. Remember? Oh, I know. That's where I got them, it from. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all of them came up there, and the devil presented himself too. He came, he came in there. He didn't have access, but he still came in there. I was just preaching this last night, and I've been preaching the last two weeks. Matthew 22 and 11 talks about the wedding feast as, as, the, as the, um, uh, the parable that Jesus is explaining the kingdom. And there's a, he invited all the people that came in because the, the folks that were supposed to come actually turned their back and start murdering, start doing a lot of crazy stuff. He was really talking about the, the, the religious of his uh, the religious folks of his day. So then he invites just anybody at random and they were supposed to have a certain garment on. And then the, the master of the house came and said, friend, where's your garment? In other words, the problem is we can invite anybody to come into church, but if they don't have the right relationship and the religion or the ritual understanding, look, this is how I'm supposed to present myself. So you can be a part of the whole, what we messed up yet, Pastor Michael, is we messed up when we started touting membership. You know, membership of churches is like the why. It's like, or Blockbuster ain't here no more, but it's like a Blockbuster membership. That's all it is to a lot of people. And that's how pastors have packaged it. Why? Because they were trying to get the money. If I get them in here, they pay their membership fee of tithes and offering, no matter how they live their life. And if I give them just a little bit to keep them coming back, then we can buy property and we can build fellowship halls. I can put my name on the street. I can feel as though I'm important. And the truth of the matter is God is sitting like, nah, this ain't it. I'm judging all of you jokers when I come back. Now, Dr. Patton, I agree with you because I think the numbers game of membership is the challenge. But I do yeah. think membership or belonging to the body of Christ is critical. And, and I'm reminded of a statement made by, by an old Mennonite preacher. And this is where I think membership does matter, is that when we're part of a body 
and his statement was simply this: I don't count my members; I weigh them, and I'll mm. leave it at that. That's good. How do you rate a member, though? I think that so goes it's to the, the weight of their relationship that matters relationship, more than right. the numbers that you bring into a building. Yeah, exactly. That makes perfect sense. And we're essentially saying the same thing, though, Pastor Chris. Oh, no, we, because... no, we are. Absolutely. I just wanted to expound even further. Oh, I'm glad you did. Because the, the, the thing about it is it's like a thing. We open the, the doors of the church are open. You may come by letter. We, we're talking about membership first before we even talking about salvation in a lot of churches. So the membership mentality makes you believe that, hey, uh, or even we were talking about when uh, Lady Ebony was talking about the licensing and all that other stuff. Uh, what made me really be grieved was the fact that it, we got entire church organizations that believe they literally control the gift of a person. And you don't. And, 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 and I think that the problem is we've gotten so used to church culture and we've even gotten so used to uh, Prophet Jerry, it being done wrong, that we think the stuff that has been done wrong is actually right. No more than I, I saw I got to tell this story about seeing uh, his grandmother cut the ends of a roast off. And oh, then yeah. the daughter started doing it. Yeah, And then she ended up asking why. Well, because the pan was too small. So we do things out of tradition or what we saw. And instead of asking the question why they did it or finding out why they did it we just copy and for the the younger generation that are starting to do church a little bit differently i ain't saying everything they're doing is wrong and everything they're doing ain't right but there are a lot of them that are a lot more sincere now there are some anemic aspects some of them are prophet jerry do see god that way they are getting the power of god but even after you do that pastor michael there is a balance in between understanding why I got that power, what I'm supposed to do with it, and it ain't in the Bible, but it sure should be, because when Uncle Ben told uh, Spider-Man that with great power comes responsibility, it sounded good to me, sounded biblical to me. And many people in the church don't get that. That's why uh, the, the apostles didn't immediately, they baptized Simon. And I love what you said about 45 minutes ago, Prophet Jerry, but just because you get baptized don't mean you get filled with the Holy Ghost immediately. Because they, they baptized Simon, who was a sorcerer. And he followed them around for days. And it was like, we watching him because we know where he come from. We need to we need to mark and see what his motives are. And when it was revealed, their discernment was right. Then they did not give him the gift of the Holy Spirit because they knew he wanted it for a different reason. And he had been baptized. He had become a part of the church. He had joined himself to the church. That's why church membership just in one context of one a vain prophet is it's is dangerous when it's not expounded upon and we don't open up the scriptures and then we don't really delve into what the benefits of religion is based on relationship with your bank. I'll say this and be quiet. Most banks now don't even let you go in there and cast a check unless you got an account there. Thanks. Or and you got to pay do, extra fee. Yeah. If, if they do, uh, they're going to charge you a fee. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, membership has its privileges in that regard, or fellowship in that regard, and not just from a membership standpoint, but the, the relationship is what's driving 
what Pastor Chris was just saying, the, the, the quantania or the fellowship within there. They all, Acts 2 and 42, we like Acts 2 and 38, but we don't talk about Acts 2 and 42, where you got all things in common. Nobody in your group lacks anything. Not money, not food, not health, not anything, not word, not prophecy, anything. All those things flow together because you understand the 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 the, uh, uh, the benefits of what you're adjoining to, and it, and it, then it's not cheapened just to a gym membership. It's not cheapened just to a country club membership, or whatever you turn it into, because it's much more potent than that. It's much more holy than that. And until we start leaning into that and start teaching and preaching that. Uh, and, and not for the sake of we're afraid that people won't join themselves to us, then so be it. Because Noah only had eight folk and it was his kids and, and they wives. So you got to be courageous in this generation, in this season, to really preach the word for what it's actually saying. I think when we get back to a place, I was just, First uh, Peter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. And this is what I try and teach my congregation. That you 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 want to tell me you have a great relationship with God? Show me your answered prayers. Mm, that's because good, if you don't Michael. have any answered prayers, <laughs> I can tell you right now, he ain't listening to you. Facts. Uh, and people don't like people don't like to hear that, but he says that's good. He, he says he only hears the prayers of the righteous. That's and good. If you're righteous, God God's going to do things for you. And that's that position piece uh that I was talking about. I think when we get to a place of uh, leaders right when we get to a place of discipling people into righteousness because the righteousness is where that position comes from righteousness is where that real relationship lies um was that uh, psalm 23 it says goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life if you have no goodness and mercy that's following you i can tell you who's not leading you mm. <laughs> that's good Don't just go on mute after that. Nah, come back. Where you going? Nah, dog? man, I had to. I just had to let that sit, man. That I think that um, you always do that. <laughs> Y'all love just dropping the mic on me, dog. No, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm with Michael. You gotta let a good thought marinate. Just let Fact. it marinate, man. Look, the only thing like that do that is food and fart. So I mean, you know, that's food. I want to smell some more of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, like I said, I think that, and, and y'all forgive me, I haven't been on here in a while. I've been, uh, uh, I, I've been getting on Clubhouse later on the day, um, but good to see you guys. No, I think that, um, like I said, I think we've got to stop preaching relationship. I, 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 I keep hearing, I, I keep hearing it come back that, that there are people joining churches before they get salvation. And what that, what that's done culturally speaking is that it's the, it's the requirement that you join something before you get salvation and we're inadvertently preaching works over grace because we we're not saying when we do altar call we're not saying to the person in the back row if you're not ready to join the church that's fine but if you're ready to accept jesus as your lord and savior say this prayer with me yeah because we associate we associate church membership the way that the apostles 
gauged baptism. Because when, when Peter spoke in tongues, when, when the Holy Ghost descended, it says they baptized over 3,000 people. And we think that because we get 30 people to join a church, we've done something good. <laughs> because we like our vanity metrics, because our vanity metrics make us look good, but they're doing nothing for the kingdom of God. People, yeah. I believe yeah. there are a lot of people who have joined churches and they think they're safe because they joined somebody's church mm. and they're going to get before that great white throne seat that's talked yes. about in Revelations and they're going to be judged like an unbeliever and they're going to say, but God, I joined Christ right. Southern Missionary church. church. Yeah. And God's going to say, but you didn't join my kingdom. Mm. And, and that's where we've got to start teaching because, because unfortunately, communication is 90% nonverbal. Yeah. And if communication is 90% nonverbal, only 10% of what we say matters. 90% is what people are actually coming off of. And so we can say anything we want to, but if we're acting like they've done something major by joining the church, they think they've done something major and they think they're safe from wrath when in fact they're just going to have some place to bury them and somebody to perform their wedding if they decide to get married relationship 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 and righteousness i think is where the messaging needs to come from the pulpit um throughout the rest of 2023 and eternity michael i i completely agree with you because i think the truth is when we actually study scripture well and that and just understanding the word church church refers more to a building than it does the body and in fact the actual word church doesn't even show up until 500 500 years a.d and so we have to define what the bible says when it talks about the church it talks about either about the body or the ecclesia and we when we understand that appropriately then we understand relationship is ne necessary for us to actually be members or joined to the vine as scripture describes. That's good. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, and that's that, that reiterates what we've, we've been saying the last 15 minutes. Yeah. That's why the membership drive thing that we got going on or all the quote unquote church growth by numbers is a dangerous tag because many pastors they see more bodies in the church they see more finances and i get it you know that that that's a slippery slope because you do need finances to operate a church but at the same time if it's only financial or if it's only finance driven and not spiritually driven well if you get people's hearts changed then the money will follow itself seek ye first the kingdom of god you know what it, then you know the rest of it you know all this rights and all these things will be added to you including the finances Get people righteous. Point them to uh, true change and the true saving grace of Christ. And trust God for the results. Because whatever you're supposed to get, you're going to get. But you don't have to water down. You, you don't have to dummy. You don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it. Now, for there, there is a measure of uh, being skilled enough to have the love of God come across and not just as fire and brimstone only. There's a, there's a place for that, too in season and out of season, right? You know, uh, uh, we just don't exhort. We have to reprove and rebuke too, right? So preachers that are really committed to that, uh, it seems like those, those kind of preachers are a rare bird because if you are, most preachers don't associate with those kind of leaders. 
you know, we, we would assess, we, we would assume that we'll press the Christians, invite the people and how to shout the people, invite the people that's got the crowd because I, I, I'm trying to make sure that this event is profitable versus if somebody's life is actually changed. And I'm not saying that meeting budgets and those things are sinful or not by any stretch, but if that's the, that's the only, that's the leading motivation, that's 97% of the motivation, then something is going terribly wrong. That makes sense, Pastor Pat. I think we're going to have to have a deeper conversation tomorrow about this. And what's crazy is, y'all know, anytime we had these good conversations on Fridays, I try to leave it unrecorded. But then when we get deep into this conversation, get good, y'all be like, oh, we should left the replays on. So I'm going to have to pray about it because I think this is going to be an interesting conversation tomorrow because I think we should break down that even more about the relationship and religion because I think that goes back to the conversation that we had on Monday, Pat, about why black men don't go to church and why they have the issue with church or religion in it. In, in a sense, because it falls into that, oh, well, I have the relationship, but the religious aspect of it all is where a lot of people have the fight. Uh, that, that's the whole problem where I think a lot of people have the fight, because, and just like Chris said, I can see most people getting a relationship before the religion, but then when the religion comes in, it's some, it, it can sometimes be a little toxic to the relationship. So I think that's why we're going to have to have to break it down a little bit further tomorrow. But y'all probably hit me over here clicking, clacking on these keys because it's time to get to work. Shout out to Dr. Kai being in the audience. I ain't seen her in a minute. Hey, Dr. Kai, thank you so much for stopping in the room. Oh Dr. Kai, what's Dr. up? Dr. Kai, I see you down there. Listen, I need to talk to you and hit you up because guess what? Profit's business got certified by the Better Business the Better Business Bureau of Georgia. So yeah, I'm on the BBB uh, page certified. So yeah, I'm pulling in more clients, pulling in more people, letting them know that this is a great company that you need to work with. And I, I ain't gonna count. I attribute it to Dr. Kai halfway. Because guess what? Last year, me and her had a great conversation and she started talking to me about my business as well as my ministry. And we started putting it together. So shout out to her. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this on up. Because when I tell you, y'all got me started for tomorrow already. I'm writing down questions. I'm taking down notes of what y'all are saying. And I think this is going to be a powerful conversation for tomorrow as well as as we progress into next week. Because I think next week, Pastor Pan, I think I want to talk about business and ministry and business and church, meaning staff and team building, meaning how your music and um, your music department and art department work, meaning how your marketing and digital space is working. Because I'm even working with churches now telling you, hey, you're not captivating or, you know, discipling your people if you're only preaching to them on Sundays. No, you need to be able to provide resources. You need to be able to provide small groups or something throughout the week that's going to help them maintain their salvation. So yeah, we're going to start talking about a lot of that next week. But like I said, as we wrap up this week, we're going to wrap it up tomorrow about that relationship over religion thing and, and, and over ritual. Because when I tell you, you just hit me right there because a lot of people see relationship as a ritual, which is why, I mean, correction, a lot of people see religion as a ritual, which which is why they settle for the relationship. Because if they, if I got to do this ritual every every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, whatever case may be, to maintain my relationship, uh, I don't know if I got to do that. But truth be told, we don't say nothing when the Muslim do it. We don't say nothing when the African spiritualities do it. We don't say nothing when everybody else do it. And truth be told, that's required of their religion. That's required of their spirituality to wake up and pray three times a day, to do this, that, and the other. But when it comes to us and Christendom, 
mm, I think we got to set some boundaries and some limits on what develops your relationship and what hinders your relationship. Because Pat and True be told, I know some young kids that be talking about, they be burning sage, but they still got a, a strong relationship with God. But look, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there because we're going to talk about it more tomorrow. I promise we're going to talk about it more tomorrow. But I want to get to final remarks and question of the day because y'all know after these deep conversations, I always like to end the room off fun. I always like to end the room off exciting. I always like to end it off with something interesting a different question, you know what I'm saying, to keep us light on our feet and to keep us prepared for the day. So with that being said, what's today? Today is the 13th. Um, so the question of the day, question of the day for today is what makes you feel liberated? What makes you feel free as an American, as a Christian, as a believer, whatever the case may be? What is one thing that makes you feel liberated? For me, it is the ability to take care of myself. As a young black man, 30 years old, you know what I'm saying? I had a dad in my life, but he was inconsistent in my life and all the other stuff, had leadership, had mentors, had the problem of, of growing up as a young black man, early 90s, early 2000s. The thing that makes me feel liberated right now is being able to take care of myself. I don't have to ask anybody for anything. I don't have to work. Like, I don't really work for no company. No, I don't got to push nobody clock. But, and I, and I you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel liberated because God allowed me as a black man who's anointed and called by God to be able to take care of himself and not worry about a thing. So yeah, that's what makes me feel liberated. Do me a favor, pull to refresh, see where you guys are on the stage. And I want to go ahead and move with final remarks and question of the day, starting with Mama Lynn. Mama Lynn, it's on you. Final remarks and question of the day. Do -do -do -do. Great topic. Great topic. Uh, I hope you all can hear me because I'm in the cafeteria. Um, I would say... My freedom to worship when, That's where, good. how, and I don't care what you think. I don't, I don't care. Because, see, this relationship is between me you and God. God. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I grew up Baptist, whatever, but I'm, I don't declare myself as Baptist. Uh, non-denominational. I declare myself as a child of God. All this other stuff. This is water under a bridge. If we can just get to, the Bible said we're two or three get together. It didn't say under what religion, what nationality. It just said we're two or three come together and agree. That's all I want. I just, I just thank God that. I even have the freedom to talk about God at a, a government job. I had to use wise wisdom and discernment to who I can talk to about it. But they even have prayer groups. So, yeah, I the freedom, the freedom to worship, to pray, to read my Bible on a government property. And, and and happy with it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. My freedom. That's good. I like that, Doctor. I
I love that mama land. Thank you so much for expressing that. Thank you. And that's a good one. Like you, and you didn't even take time to think about that one, but that was good. Your freedom to worship, being able to express your worship and your love for God anywhere is good, especially when you do have a government job and they often say don't mix state with church and all that other stuff. But the fact that even on your job, you feel like you can have a godly conversation that you can worship on your job, that you could talk about God or the Bible and not feel um, convicted about it or not feeling guilty or feel like you're being persecuted. So that is, that's, that's a good one to feel liberated about. So thank you so much for at least coming to the room, listening to the conversation, contributing, asking questions, because I really do appreciate that. I tell people all the time, even if you don't um, come in to, to be on stage to talk, because I know some people like to talk, even if you don't come on stage to talk, the fact of you just coming in to listen means value to me. Like that speaks volume and value to me. You know what I'm saying? And then by you being able to listen, you are able to even jump in and ask questions. And the questions that you ask are very, very meaningful so i actually appreciate you all the time i'm land for coming in but i'm gonna throw it over to ebony next ebony it's on you Doo-doo-doo-doo. can you ask the, what's the question one more time um what makes you feel liberated okay let me think on that i'll do the rest um great combo i'm sorry i couldn't uh contribute as much at the end y'all know I got a little little bully over here uh, who's probably about to raise up in a second. Um, but let's see, what makes me feel liberated? Hmm. Thinking about how much I've already come through. Um, defying odds has been huge uh, for me. It's been intentional. Um, I did a lot of things in my life to make sure that I could uh, overcome, overcome odds, things we call generational curses and patterns and things of the like. So when I am thinking on something and wondering if I should do it, um, you know, anxiety takes over, whatever, I consider all the things that I've already done um, against the odds. Uh, the state of my life is one big um, contradiction, you know, to the odds. I even told you guys earlier you know, uh, what was spoken to me by a pastor, you know, to me and my husband, we left our church, we will be barren. And now here she is congratulating and liking every picture of my daughter. And <laughs> my um, so those are the things, um, those are reminders for me that there isn't anything that I can't do that I don't have to be bound uh, by standards. I don't have to be bound by um, anxiety, fear, um, you know, wondering what people are going to think. Um, or, or any of that. So I guess my bully heard me talking about him. So he is up um, and ready to eat. So y'all, great conversation. As always, enjoyed you guys. And um, yeah, I believe I'll be right back here. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. And I love the fact that even though, like I said with Mama Lynn, even though you, you know what I'm saying, don't say much sometimes, the fact that you come in and are able to listen and contribute when you do have something to say means the world to me. So I definitely appreciate it. Especially with you being over there on mommy duty. <laughs> Pastor Pat, I'm throwing it over to you, sir. Last but not least, go ahead. You're right. I'm never last. I'm just first when I'm last. No, I'm just playing. Um, great conversation as always. What makes me feel liberated? Um, it's just being comfortable in my skin to think as God would want me to think. Um, because I know I have a lot of strong opinions. 
Uh, a lot of places I hang out and I probably shouldn't be, but I, I find myself being there. And sometimes it, it kind of, um, I can rub people the wrong way. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to work on the psychology of that and also being where I should and shouldn't be. But then again, sometimes, you know, the, the hair that you split is that you probably are there for that particular reason to be the warning shot that somebody may need because when they stand before God, they can't say they never heard it. So, um, but that, that keeps me liberated, keeps me motivated as well uh, to, con to continue to grow, not take myself so seriously. So, um, but yeah, that's what makes me feel liberated. That's what's up, Dr. Patton. That's completely understandable. That's completely understandable. I kind of want to read one that I see in the chat. Um, <clears throat> she says, what makes me feel free is not having to take substance uh, to feel a certain way or do certain things. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, that's a fact. The fact that you don't got to be on drugs to feel a certain type of way or taking any type of substance or whatnot, that is a celebration, too, because that makes you feel liberated as well. Like, I ain't going to cap. The fact that you don't have to drink, the fact that you don't have to smoke, the fact that you don't got to pop pills, all the other stuff, just to feel, you know what I'm saying, happy, just to feel like things are working out for your good and just to feel excited and on a natural. Yeah, now that's, that's, that's a good liberation, too. So I appreciate that one. Well, without any further announcements, I'm going to throw it over to Dr. Patton so Dr. Patton can press all it out. Our Lord and our God, we bless you and we thank you for today. Thank you for every person that came into the room every person that contributed to the conversation and even those that just was listening god we pray that it edified them and built them up god bless every business every home god every endeavor god we bless you for the show we thank you how it's just so uh mindful and timely with subjects oh god that really helps build the body of christ and really help us have food for thought through intelligent uh conversation that is disseminated to the masses god we pray god's blessing on prophet we pray God's blessing on his staff, his business, everything that's connected to him. God, we bless you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Patton. I appreciate you. As well as I appreciate everyone that listened to the show, everybody that tuned in, whether it was on the podcast or whether it was on Clubhouse. I appreciate you guys so much for being a part of this movement. I believe by faith that as we continue to speak the word of truth, as we continue to speak the word of knowledge, as we continue to speak the word of God through conversation, not just preaching to people, we'll continue to reach more people and cause people to be saved through the love of God. With that being said, y'all know how y'all can connect. Y'all can always click the link above or y'all can subscribe to our official podcast podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Audible, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe to support us. You can also click the link above to send us questions to ask the prophet, or you can donate and partner. Whatever you feel like doing to support this ministry, feel free to do so because we believe in this ministry and what God is calling us to do. Without any further delay, that's all my announcements. Dr. Patton has prayed. So this room will be closing in three, two, one. Bye.